Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. What has yes, being oh, annoying stopped you ever? That's an excellent point. <laughs> an excellent point. That's part of the charm. Rich Crage. And I could be, I'm allowed to be a work rate nerd for the G1. I don't, I just want them to have great matches and a wheel like kill themselves. I don't care. It's not my body. I just want to watch great matches. Stop yelling at me. I agree. <laughs> And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? A lot of audio this last week between you and I. Man. Yeah. A lot of audio today. Today, Tuesday flagship, a couple of days ago. That might be a big surprise to some of the people listening on their podcast feeds. That's because that show isn't on your podcast feed. If you want to hear that special Tuesday edition of the flagship you're gonna have to subscribe to the flagship patreon on the five dollar tier where you will find that five where you find that tuesday flagship and all the other insane amount of audio that we did over the last week or so so uh yeah two flagships in one week yeah really we did a tuesday show the week before we really did yeah we called that like a breaking news thing because that was the WWE deal with netflix obviously to move raw over to netflix so that was essentially in in a way kind of a a Tuesday flagship, and then we did, obviously, Wednesday, we talked about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. That was also on the $5 tier. Not the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, the Voice of Wrestling Match of the Year. Sorry. We have talked about the <laughs> uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame on audio as well, but no, last week we did the uh, Voices of Wrestling uh, Match of the Year ballot reveal and some analysis about uh, the ballot. Then we did the flagship. That, so that was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Audio right there, obviously, Tuesday and Wednesday, both on the uh, the Patreon, Thursday on the free feeds. And this week brought it back yet again with uh, Tuesday show uh, talking about the CM Punk injury, about Kevin Owens's uh, injury, uh, some other stuff around the world of wrestling there on the Tuesday flagship. So we're not going to cover any of that here. So if you're wondering, oh, these guys are going to talk about CM Punk being hurt and all this sort of stuff. No, not going to. We, we did that on a Tuesday flagship, almost two hours of that. 
uh, there on the $5 tier. So, yeah, if you, in case you're wondering, are they going to talk about this, this, and this? If there's something that it feels like we completely missed, there's a good chance we covered it on the Tuesday flagship that we did uh, over there at flagshippatreon.com. But, yeah, we've been churning stuff out. You've been doing the normal Dynamite reviews. I've been doing the Rumble Rewinds. we got some other fun stuff coming uh, your way very, very soon as well. So, yeah, a lot of stuff there uh, at flagshippatreon.com. Yeah. Yeah, if you want the Royal Rumble review, that is on Instant Reaction Live. You're going to need a $10 tier for that. Right, so that was between us. Do... <laughs> right, that was just a couple days so... ago. Holy shit, right. So we're not going to do a Rumble review here today. We already reviewed the Rumble. We don't we do not do topics twice. So the Rumble review is on the $10 tier because that was a live show. And then we did a uh, Tuesday flagship where we kind of did the Rumble fallout. Talked about the injuries to Punk and Kevin Owens, as Rich noted. Uh, went through, thought we had a great discussion about potential WrestleMania bookings um, and, and booking changes that they might have to uh, work their way through because of the injuries to, you know, punk predominantly and what's going to happen with the top of the WrestleMania card. I thought that was a really good discussion. And of course, Vince McMahon and uh, the ongoing scandal with Vince, which we're going to open up this show with as well. So we've done a ton of audio on that, both uh, behind the paywall and on these, uh, uh, normal non-paywalled flagships talked about Okada on the Tuesday flagship and we reviewed Collision which went head to head with the Royal Rumble and was a significantly better show I think a lot of people watched Collision on DVR after they watched the Rumble and they were like holy shit the best show on Saturday by far was oh, Collision yeah. so um, spoiler alert if you go back and, and listen to our Rumble review we didn't love that show <laughs> I did not I don't love think, that show no I don't think anybody I don't think many people did though yeah I, I, I haven't found anybody that really loved that show you know I should actually check on the uh, we like to always look at uh, where the where the inmates are on over on cage match because uh, sometimes they get a little Mediocre weird scores yeah well I'm looking at it right now yeah not very good for uh, the Rumble 5.87 yeah, um, so even even the freakazoids are kind of like, eh. <laughs> like that wasn't a good show I mean you know it, it just you know it it wasn't um, one of those shows that just doesn't appeal to us because we're not like big fans of the company. It just wasn't a very good show. I think that uh, on cage match, if I recall, I thought they overrated the women's rumble a little bit because I thought other than the final five, it was a very boring and, and poorly worked Royal rumble. Until oh, yeah, they have that at seven, 7.39 right now. That's way, way higher. Than That's that. way too high. Yeah. yeah it, it, you know, that, that was maybe, in totality, a two and a half star match. If you want to bump it up a little because of the final five and go like two and three quarters or something, I can live with that. But other than that, uh, yeah, even cage match didn't love the show. The, the men's rumble, the last time I checked, was somewhere in the fives. Um, the the four way for the for the title, which we thought I I thought that was a one star match. I thought you know, and we're not going to look. You want to hear the review? Go ahead. We're not going to do it again. But I, I thought it was just a. You know, one of these, you know, Roman Reigns, these Roman Reigns title matches, they, they're not great. And, um, you know, Cage Match didn't love it either, but they liked it a little more than I did. And then, you know, I thought the best match on the show was Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. So I don't remember what Cage Match gave uh, They have it at but... 6.46 right now, which I, I probably have it a little higher All than right. that, but I get it. The finish did stink, and, and the finish did take a lot of steam out of it. So so I can't. Well, they I... got it at about three and a quarter, right, which right. is actually you know what, what I gave it. Yeah, you know so what, honestly, that's... that's probably exactly where it should be. Yeah, I, I thought that was about a three and a quarter star match myself. I think that's the rating I gave it on the audio. And I, I personally thought it was the best match on the show because, like I said, that women's rumble, I thought stunk. I thought it just stunk the place up and was dreadfully boring until the final five. But anyway, our detailed Royal Rumble review 
can be found on the uh, $10 tier and then the, uh, uh, the Tuesday flagship special that we did was not a live show. So that's on the $5 tier if you want to listen to that. Plus all of the other breaking news audio that we did over the course of the week. We did so much audio, I don't even remember. Uh, I forgot about the Royal Rumble. What show <laughs> Until was, you honestly. mentioned it. I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. You whiffed on the Rumble review. Yeah, <laughs> right. The uh, Royal Rumble also happened. <laughs> we forgot to talk. We talked about that uh, just a couple of days ago yeah. as well. Yeah, so we had uh, – I'm just uh, – so so let's go and start with uh, last week's flagship. From there, we had the instant reaction live to the Royal Rumble. I have a written piece on uh, the wrestling media uh, before the Royal Rumble, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that today, um, especially with the Shawn Michaels press conference that just happened. Uh, then we had, um, obviously, uh, the – uh, Tuesday flagship that I noted. You had at least two more Brett versus. No, you had a Brett versus Owen. A Brett versus Owen, right? Yeah, yeah. And the Rumble rewind. There's um, a match of the week. There's the. Uh, wasn't there a breaking news audio too that we did? I thought for sure there was. Uh, there's a Thursday Dynamite review. What did we do? Breaking. Oh, that was last Tuesday. That was last uh, Tuesday. Audio. Yeah. yeah so, Matt, geez. Yeah. So last two weeks are just. You know, more content than ever behind that paywall. And by the way, um, you know, I don't like to do this all the time. But once again, this past, in January, we set all records for subscriptions again. So, you know, I want to thank everybody for that. An incredible month of January powered by Wrestle Kingdom, Royal Rumble, Okada leaving New Japan, uh, this Vince McMahon scandal. So it was a heavy news month. And and we pumped out the content and you guys responded and this was our all-time record month which you know every couple months we pop in here and say that because it just keeps growing so um you know it's uh it's sometimes it's a little surreal but the the support's incredible and we thank everybody for that and uh my goal is to be number 1 in analysis and one day we will be probably very soon so um I want to thank everybody for that as we uh, get all the plugs out of the way at the start of the show, shit ton of content behind the paywall. It's utterly ridiculous, but stupid uh, too much work. Yeah. And I, and I thought that, care. and I thought, and I thought that Tuesday flagship, I, I really thought that was a great show. You know, I, I, I know when we have a stinker, I know when I stink personally, and I feel like I know when a show is really great. And when that one was over, actually about halfway through that Tuesday flagship, I was thinking to myself, man, I wish this one was free because I think this is a really great show. So I, I think we really just did a really great show on Tuesday, which means this one, which will go out to thousands upon thousands of more <laughs> people, will suck. probably suck. <laughs> this sure. show will probably stink real bad. But I thought the Tuesday show was fantastic. <laughs> and actually, a lot of the feedback uh, mirrored that. People really uh, enjoyed that show. So. And, you know, we did a lot of WWE talk on that show, which we don't typically do unless they're in trouble for something like we're going to open with today. So uh, that was something a little different as we are certainly out of the, you know, I don't know if, if you want to call ourselves a major podcast. I think we should. I think we could call ourselves. Yeah, a major no, we're of there. The, we're there. Of, of the major of the major podcast. We probably have the by far the smallest percentage of WWE talk. I mean, I think that's. Oh, clearly. That's probably certain. So, you know, when we're able to you know, do a, a, a WWE heavy show. That's something a little different for people with uh, breaking down the possible uh, rumble matches and whatnot. But uh, anyway, that's the Tuesday show. If people want to listen to that, you'll, you'll certainly get your money's worth. Uh, hopefully if, uh, if you, uh, 
if you plop down the five dollars for that because there's a uh, shit ton of new content back there and more coming all right uh, before we actually get into the meat of the show though one more plug that i have to give not for something that we did but something that is on the voice wrestling podcast network that i think deserves uh, a spotlight uh open the voice gate this week did a rewind uh, rewind and rewatch of king of dragon from january 31st 1999 which is the very first show for Toriyaman Japan, basically the forefather of Dragon Gate. So it's 25 years of Dragon Gate. Now, obviously, those guys have done an incredible job covering Dragon Gate better than anybody else. Uh, Mike and, and, and Case. Case, one of the best writers about Dragon Gate. The best writer about Dragon Gate. I, I don't even think it's a competition. Clearly the best uh, writing about Dragon Gate, reviewing Dragon Gate, previewing it, doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, and those two guys know more about Dragon Gate than pretty much anybody but, uh, but Jay. I think Dragon Gate Jay is probably the only guy on Earth, I think, that knows more about Dragon Gate. But uh, just want to mention that because you know we've talked about Dragon Gate a lot on this show in the history of the show we've done a lot less of it over over the recent years as you and i both have kind of fallen out of favor uh with the the company and it's not quite working for us like it worked for us you know a decade ago or so when it was a major part of these shows i mean we we, we would cover every single major dragon gate show uh in extensive detail but uh, those guys i thought did a great job this week uh, with the rewind and rewatch of King of Dragon, which again marked 25 years essentially of the Dragon system or 25 years of Dragon Gate, if you want. So they go back into history, talk about that show, which is available to watch on the Dragon Gate Network as well. It's not very hard to find, but uh, do a lot of good history lessons as well and just kind of talk about how important Dragon Gate was to uh, the wrestling world. And I just want to do a little shout out for them because uh, this is a, it's a big, big, big uh, accomplishment for them and a big thing for, you know, that 25 years, you know, passing. Um, uh, for, for Dragon Gate and the Dragon System. So just want to mention that. Open the voice gates. Uh, you can subscribe to them uh, on your podcast app of choice or just listen to the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network and, and you'll find them there as well. All right. Yeah, that, I, I saw a few days ago was the Gate of Bayside. And I'm like, what, is AC Slater on the show? What's going on here? <laughs> Gate of Bayside? Some stuff out. What it, trying some new stuff what, out. Gate of Bayside, geez. yeah. Waiting for a building to come out it would screech. Gate I haven't watched that show. I haven't watched that show. So I don't, I don't know if all that stuff, but I'm going to assume yes. The gate of Bayside was indeed just a... well. Well, well, I can assure you, Screech ain't coming out. He's dead. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's you know, not. He... Yeah, Dustin Diamond. Yeah, no Dustin Diamond. No, no Dustin Diamond. No, no Dustin Diamond. But, uh... but uh, everybody else, who knows? Everybody else. Well, Mark Paul Gosling or Mark Paul got whatever the hell his name is. I don't think he's coming either. He's locked in a uh, in a in a basement, right? Because he does that show with on uh, ABC with uh, with with the girl from Shameless, and she's got him locked up in the basement. You know oh no shit! No, I haven't. No? Uh, I haven't watched any of that. What, what the hell's his name? Mark Paul Gosselar. <laughs> Mark See, Paul um, Gosselar or whatever. I forget. I I never know, knew how to A's. pronounce it, so I just called him Zach Morris. As I'm sure most people just said, ah, you know him, Zach Morris. <laughs> so the hell I got. I got what the hell? Oh, found is the name of the show. Found. So okay. it's with. Okay. Uh, is it good? Well, I don't know because it's a network show, so I hesitate. Because I'm a snob. Yeah, you gotta shows. be. You gotta be careful. Yeah, if it's like but an it's NBC or CBS be. show, you gotta be very careful. Yeah, so Shanola Hampton's the star. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she's great. She was uh she was in Shameless and that's probably what she's best known for. Yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. She's a detective who looks for uh, missing people. I um, like I believe so she she kidnaps the Mark Paul Gosler character who is a kidnapper and she locks him up in the basement and then it's kind of like has a uh the, the vibe I pick up from is like Silence of the Lambs where she's trying to get information from someone who commits the the crimes that she's investigating. See what I'm saying? I got you. So yeah. It, All right. it looks I'm, I'm interesting. I'm listening. I'm listening. This sounds good. This sounds like it see, could be I'm good. Listening. See, that's the thing. But the problem is, it's. I think it's an NBC show. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's a ba- network shows are a barrier for me because it's just it's. You know how network shows they're mostly are. bad. Yeah, they're mostly formulaic bad. in some way, and I yeah. So, but but the premise, the premise is interesting. 
And, uh, you know, he's down there with his fucking somehow, even though he's locked in a basement, his neatly shaved beard. And because, you know, it's a network show. So <laughs> right, it's, 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 it's too bright. It's always somehow too bright. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> somehow he's still well fed and uh, and is and is allowed to trim his beard. But uh, but yeah, anyway, that's uh, it, listen, a free a, a free ad for found. On NBC, <laughs> for found I I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, we don't have any other ads. So we might as well there. try that. I'll, I'll send it to NBC and see if they'll send us some money because uh I don't know. Not, I guess we're not going to get what, what a are, the big game ad this year. Yeah, we're not going to get I, a the big game ad this year. I'm pretty pissed. Yeah, we usually get a the big game ad. So uh, yeah, I guess well, next yeah, well, next week pod- the big one. We might get one for the big one next week, but uh, not looking good, folks. Not looking podcast good. Podcast ads exist anymore. Are those, are those even a thing? <laughs> they aren't around here. Not around as far as news to me. <laughs> I think we just you passed know, the one year so. threshold of our last uh, last ad here. We did uh, well now big... that all of our well now that all of our listeners are on Magic Mind, they're all uh, they're right. They're good to go. They before, they're good to go. So, yeah, um, and they're all billionaires you know. from uh, all the bets they made on my bookie. So mm, yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, if you followed our I... WWE betting advice on my bookie, you probably could be a millionaire. <laughs> so much so that Joe got uh, restricted from the from the gambling on the uh, what the... on uh, my bookie. Yeah, yeah. For the football, for the uh, wrestling, it's weird. Like sometimes they don't give me a limit and sometimes it's like your maximum is $10 and I'm like all right well I'm not going to bet this minus 2800 favorite for 10 bucks and make 28 cents or whatever the fuck but okay I don't know it's like they forget sometimes that I'm restricted and sometimes they don't so <laughs> I, I I don't know but uh yeah I'm still I I'm still actually milk I still milking that that account because I made a shit ton of money on John Moxley over Satoshi Kojima a couple years ago because they let me bet whatever I wanted on it, and I bet a lot. Right? <laughs> you had so, a pretty good idea who was winning that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So uh, it was not the strongest arm. It was not the strongest arm on that night. It just was not his night. Uh... <laughs> the only thing that would have beat me is is Moxley, you know, catching an injury and beating himself like he did versus Phoenix. You know, that's always a possibility. Right, right, you right, yeah. Yeah, he tells but, the referee, I, I count him, count him, and he's got a lot of respect for Satoshi Kojima. So of course he would he would allow yeah. Kojima to pin him for the one, two, three if it if it you know made sense. But or the one time Tony Khan gets slick and decides to do a two match program and have the guy beat him on <laughs> on the pay per view and then come back and do it on dynamite. So I, I still sweat I'll be on I was still sweating it out. Until that one two three. The, yeah, until that until that yeah. one two three. Yeah. Well if you would have saw the number I had on it, you'd be sweating it out too. It was uh <laughs> <laughs> it was a number that would have made anything stressful, you know. So, what do we what do we got on this fucking show? Oh, oh we're starting with Vince again. So yeah, yeah. To... Let me let me run down what we have before the 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 Vince stuff. But uh, we, it's gotten a lot dicier over the last couple of days as well. So that's going to be uh, interesting. But we're going to do uh, pros and contract season updates. We're, we're continuing to do that throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Going to slow down here a little bit, and w- the last couple of weeks have been very, very slow. A few more things here and there that you have in, uh, as far as pros and contract season, so we'll talk about that. Uh, if we get time, I want to check in on WrestleMania weekend, Joe, because Michael Cole has told me we are on the road to WrestleMania, uh, so WrestleMania weekend is is quickly approaching, and uh, it's not good. It is not good. You, in the last couple of years, have, have disowned WrestleMania weekend. I'm about to join you on Sony WrestleMania weekend. It is not good at all in Philadelphia, so we'll talk about that. Uh, AEW Dynamite, they got a big show next week. We'll talk about the lineup they have, uh, as well as speculate about Tony Khan's major announcement. Uh, AEW rankings are back, and that means the horrible opinions about them are back as well. Uh, so we will have good opinions about the AEW rankings while also bad-mouthing all the bad opinions. And trust me, there are plenty, uh, plenty to go through. AEW rankings back. And if time permits, we're going to do uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling. They had a show January 27th. 
uh, with Sharo Shino and uh, Nakajima in the main event. Uh, we get to that. Hopefully, we can talk about it, as well as some uh, indie matches that I saw uh, across the world. I saw a match from France. I saw a match from Uganda. I saw a match from all the way in St. Louis, uh, as well as a couple other matches here and there that I want to talk about uh, if we get time. So we'll see how uh, time goes uh, on this particular show. But we do you have just to start. said France, Uganda, and all the way in St. Louis. Yes. <laughs> you can drive to St. Louis before this show is over from where you live, but... You, but that's all the way. To that's St. all the Louis way. Yeah, I was all over the world: Uganda, France, yeah, St. Louis, <laughs> all the all the places across the world, all the lands yeah. across the world. Yeah, England. I forgot to watch a match from England as well. So yeah, England, Uganda, uh, France, and then of course St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, so everywhere across the Are world. You, do you, you think you ever hear? Um, I think it's a George. It's I think it's a George Carlin bit. Maybe it's not George Carlin. It's somebody, but. He has this bit about you ever think to yourself that you're the only person in the history of the world to say certain sentences like and then I think what he says is I think I'm going to stick this hot poker up my ass like no one he's like no one has ever said that sentence before until I did just now. Do you think you're the only person in history ever to to do what you did today watch a wrestling match that took place in England, France, Uganda and St. Louis, Missouri, all in the same day. Has anyone else ever done that? I got to imagine other I'm the only person on earth. today. Yeah, I got to imagine I'm the only person who's ever gone through that that gauntlet of, of pro wrestling locations. It's got to be. There can't be anybody else. You, you, no one else. I don't think ever in history anyone else has ever done that. Watch four matches from those four specific locations uh, in history. Have you ever stuck a hot poker up your ass? Never, stuck a, never, never stuck a hot poker up my ass, though, either. So uh, okay. I'm not king shaming, of course. Just not for me. Not for me. Right. Once again, I gave you an impossible transition into the Vince story. So <laughs> oh, probably right. reset that Shit. again somehow. <laughs> because <laughs> that's... God uh, damn it. Uh, now, the Uganda match, when we talk about that, because I did watch the match from Uganda. Okay, gonna, that was I'm nine minutes, so I figured you'd have a chance to watch that one. Those kids, oh my God. I, you know, I, I would describe it as like very, very high-level backyard wrestling. Is that fair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They in terms of just execution of moves that they've seen on the internet or TV or wherever the fuck they're watching, man, they make it look easy. They do. They've they, been watching they, their Memphis tapes too, man. Easy. Those strikes, those yeah. are some good strikes. I got... I, well, the, those were kind of, you know, those are always easy, but, but, the, <laughs> but, the, but the execution of these moves, I mean, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get but, to that. Uh, Bosch Jordan. And, and I gave you the buffer kept, that you needed. Kept Kika, I believe. Kept Kika, kept Kika. I don't know how to pronounce it. Bosch Jordan. Kapika versus kept Kika, uh, I believe. Boss Boss, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I Boss believe it's, Jordan. yeah, yeah. There's the two yeah, guys. We'll, so we'll get this. So there, there's your buffer. You don't have to go for hot pokers. I did it again. I just did it again. I thought about the hot pokers up your ass. <sighs> I never learned rich. I never learned. So what anyway, do we do here? developments in the Vince McMahon scandal. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, we'll start out first with uh, an interview with News Nation and Callis, who is uh, Janelle Grant's lawyer. Uh, she talked about, of course, if you are just joining us or you've been living under a rock, Janelle Grant is, of course, the person that is suing uh, Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, as well as WWE, uh, about the, uh, you know, go back and listen to the last show and, and, and the last couple shows uh, if you need a little bit of buffer and, and, and background about that. But Janelle Grant, uh, her lawyer, and Callis uh, was on News Nation and said that WWE has a culture of corruption and that Grant is not the only person who wants to speak out, quote, 
it's been a long process, and Grant wants to speak out for any other victims and eradicate this culture of corruption that has permeated every cell, cell of the WWE. My office and my inbox have been a barrage of people wanting to come forward to attest about this culture of corruption and also possible victims. We are just beginning now to wade through all of this. But frankly, we are overwhelmed. Grant wants justice because she wants to change the culture that is going on in WWE. She wants to help other victims. She thinks by speaking out and coming forward first that others will feel emboldened and encouraged to come forth. It's a big statement right yeah, there. I mean, it is a culture of corruption is going to become, you know, Vince loves his catchphrases, right? So um, that's going to be what they're pound. They're going to pound. And look, this is what we talked about on one of the audio shows we did who can keep track of them all at this point that this was probably going to be the tip of the iceberg. And, and we opined that there probably would be more uh, victims of Vince McMahon who would now feel emboldened to come out or safe or brave or whatever um, term would apply to each individual circumstance to come out and tell their story. So um, this is not a surprise to me. I, I do think, He'll probably settle the case, and we talked about that. But, um, you know, we'll have to see if there's some some uh, criminal charges. I mean, he did get raided by the FBI, correct? Correct. I, mean, I think the FBI raided. Mm-hmm. So who knows if they took his electronic devices, his cell phones, his, who, you know, who knows? And who knows what they were looking for? Could have had something to do with this or something else, but you would think it would have to do with this since with the human trafficking aspect of it, right? Uh, crossing state lines and everything else, that would become – a federal crime i mean i'm no lawyer but you know it, 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 that's usually how other that's how kidnapping generally works if you cross a state line or so um yeah i mean this isn't surprising at all but i think the surprising piece of news today was the following you want to do it or should i do it yeah let me talk about it uh here so john laurinitis who is a co-defendant in the lawsuit against uh, against vince mcmahon so he is named in there as well as being a big part of all this it's vince mcmahon john laurinitis and wb uh dropped a bit of a hammer uh, today, Laurinaitis's attorney, Edward Brennan, reached out to Vice News to say the following, quote, Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations in the misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out. Read the allegations. Read the federal statute. Power, control, employment, super, uh, super man supervisory capacity, dictatorial sexual demands with repercussions if not met. Count how many times in the complaint Vince exerts control over both of them. So this is the bombshell today. This is how Laurinaitis is choosing to fight back. And and I mean, here's the thing. Who knows? You know, I mean, you would think that especially if if this goes to criminal court that you know there'll be more text messages or electronic mess and emails whatever the case you know I'm, I'm very curious to see what the conversations look like between mcmahon and laurinitis or mcmahon and the or the physical and the physical therapist or mcmahon and whoever else was involved in this because um yeah it's possible that this is john laurinitis uh, attempting to both save public face and also save himself of course Um, but it's also possible that he's telling the truth i mean um you know and that that he also felt coerced by mcmahon to participate in this i think it's clear from 
the text messages in the lawsuit and some of the allegations that Vince has certain fetishes and to satisfy those fetishes, um, you know, he needed other participants and, and, and if he couldn't find willing participants, he certainly, you know, fisted the, the, knowing what we know about Vince, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he, that he, that he coerced other people who worked for him into participating in this. I, I don't find that impossible to believe. Do you? Oh God, I, no. I, I don't. Oh God, no, no, no. So, you know, now again, Laurenitis could just be trying to save his own ass. Right, right. And I think that's one important thing about this whole situation is, is that I don't think that John Laurenitis is a hero in this case, or I don't think that he's fully in the right. I believe that he probably has done or, or did probably some pretty not great things, and, and I'm sure some of that stuff will come out in the wash or whatever. But I think what's important about this is the fact that he – by sort of turning on Vince and saying, look, I was a victim as well. Whether or not he is truly, truly innocent in this or not, right now, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out later. But what I think the, the, the best chance that we have now of this actually getting resolved and real justice being served about this and real, real issues being you know, a, a light shined on him, this is how you do it is guys turning on him and saying, you know what? I don't really give a shit about this guy anymore. I don't need to save face so that I can have a job with him later down the line. I don't need to do that. People saying, you know what? No, this is a, it's a big thing for Johnny is to do this. And, and I, again, I, I don't want him to come across as like a hero or anything like that. Cause we have no idea what he was involved in or what, what, you know, whatever. But like, this is a very big step. I, for, for somebody that's a fan of justice and wants justice in this case and wants Vince McMahon to, to rot in hell for what he's done and, and this whole corporation to, to uh, you know, a light to be shined on it and a spotlight to be given on, on, on this culture of corruption and all this sort of stuff, this is the biggest move in all of it. More so, even more, I think even, I mean, the Janelle Grant stuff obviously throws the whole thing for a loop and now puts an entire giant spotlight on it. But Johnny Ace being the first guy, or John Laurinaitis being the first guy to then turn it around that, that, that is not taking Vince's side. A guy who's in that culture, who's worked with Vince, who was an underling, who was an executive, who was named in the lawsuit saying, you know what? No, hold on. I was a victim as well. And turning it makes, gives me a lot of hope for what this trial is well, and, and, and the lawsuit could result in. And, and you should have, well, because here's the thing. This is bad, 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 bad for Vince. Because whether Laurinaitis is telling the truth or not, whether he was truly a victim or not, what it does is this backs up everything Grant has said. Right. They're not there's just baseless another, accusations anymore. Here's a guy saying, yes, right. this happened. Because there's a second person saying, confirming that these things happened because he is also saying he's a victim. By him claiming that he was also a victim of McMahon and all of this, he is basically, uh, he's co-signing her allegations. He's saying that these things happened. So this goes from a he said, she said, and then, you know, we'll figure it out in court when we untangle the evidence to now here's someone else saying, yeah, these things did happen. And, and I was a victim of this as well. This is hard. This was a terrible day for Vince Mm-mm. from yeah. that standpoint. And, uh, you know, on top of the fact that Grant's lawyer, what was her name again? Grant's uh, lawyer? Ann Callis. Ann Callis. So on top of the fact that this Ann Callis, for her to come out and say that there's going to be more, that means that there will be. <laughs> so so this is just a, this is like the, this is a, almost the worst, this is a worse day for Vince than the day the original patients came out. Because now there's more teeth to this, and we know that there's more coming. So 
Sorry if you had trouble hearing Joe there. I don't know, Joe. Can you? Uh, I still can you... think ultimately he finds a way to settle because that's what typically happens with these sorts of things. Give us one second here. Joe, can you hear me? We're having some connection issues with Joe there. We'll try to get him. Uh, I can uh, hear you. Okay, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? We, yes, we were having some connection issues there, but I think we're we're back. I did not hear after the after I, I told you Ann Callis' name, I really didn't hear anything after you said that. So you might want to repeat that because the listeners would not hear that as well. And see, just like Joe said. <laughs> just like Joe said. Uh there we go. Hello. Yeah, I bounced out and bounced back in. Can you hear me now? Now you, you sound good. Me? You sound good. You sound clear. So hopefully uh, that's the end of our issues. All right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I heard what you said where after you said Ann Callis's name. Yeah, I said basically what I was saying was I mean, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself to anyone who wasn't able to hear me. If if you you know, when when with Callis saying that there, there's more allegations coming, she wouldn't say that if she didn't know that was true. So, you know, this is a this is just a terrible day compounded for Vince because you have Laura Nitus basically co-signing the allegations by saying that he was a victim, uh, which lends some more credibility to the allegations. And now you have uh, the lawyer saying that there's more there's more uh, people come that, that are ready to come out and speak. So this is just a bad day all around. Ultimately, I still think Vince. We'll find a way to settle because that's generally how these types of things go because they would prefer these things don't go to trial and all the messy details come out. But that doesn't mean that's even if he does settle, that's not going to be the end of this. As we discussed on our last audio. This is the tip of the iceberg. You know, we're going to hear about this case and this scandal for years to come. What, one thing I will say regarding the quote that Ann Callis mentioned you know, with with the last part, I thought Grant wants justice because she wants change. She wants to change the culture that is going on in the WWE. She wants to help other victims. She thinks by speaking out and coming forward first that others will feel emboldened and encouraged to come forth. Now, that is a that's a line that if you just go and take a big giant settlement, <laughs> I'm not putting you know I, I like if if that's what the end game is. Like I'm, I'm not saying I'm just sort of you know. Spitball on here. If the end game is, oh, we just want to make that settlement even bigger by by putting their feet to the fire, and hopefully they give us, you know, x amount of millions, and that's fine. Then uh, then Janelle's good, and we're good, and we're all good, and we go away. That last line is going to ring very hollow. There, we, she wants justice. She wants to change the culture. Da da da. All that sort of stuff. I feel like if you're going to say that, that kind of feels like you're in the fight here, and you want this to keep going on, and you want this to be something that that really. I, I don't know. I maybe I'm just. A little bit more optimistic than than other people, but but those quotes from her, from from Ann Callis, made me think that these are people that are in for the long haul. These are people that want to be, you know, that, that really want to fight this fight and want to fight the good fight and want that justice and want to eradicate the culture of corruption, that sort of stuff. I feel like that's going to just look real shitty if they just take the first settlement, you know, or a, a big giant settlement and go away and go, okay, we're all good now, bye. And and that, you know what I mean? Like that's going to really. I, I think we're, we're on the precipice of something pretty huge here, and that would be tremendously disappointment, uh, disappointing for them to say all this sort of stuff and then just take a settlement and go away. Yeah, but, Rich, they, they say these things to coerce you into paying them and right. settling. Right. No, I know. I know. And that's, I guess that's you where, where I want to be positive about this. I want to be positive and think that, that they realize they got something going on here. And maybe, that's, may, maybe there is a little bit of a – 
you know, I know that this Ann Callis, I was trying to do some research on her, and I know nothing about her. I've never, you know, obviously met her in real life, but she's she's done from as far as I could tell. I think this is the same Ann Callis who I believe was let me make sure this is what. So she was a judge for a lot of years. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know enough about her to, to, to really know exactly about her her life and, and all that sort of stuff. But I do wonder if maybe she's seeing the, the, the flood of other stuff coming in and is thinking, man, maybe we have something here. Maybe we can really do something you know, important here and really do something that, that is going to help a lot of people and really uncover one of these things. Like this is a big, big moment. This is a watershed moment, you know, in, in, in the history of corporate America and we could really do something here or uh, we could just take the best offer that we get and, and, and go there. I, I don't know. I, I, I would hope that they're in at least encouraged by the amount or what she says, the flood of people coming in and also saying, Hey, I'm a victim or I've been a victim or all this sort of stuff that then would really open the floodgates. But I, I don't know that, that the positive part being... of me and the optimist in me is hoping that they, they are, you know, excited about this and saying, okay, now we can really do some, 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 something big here. And then you got Laura and I, I mean, this day felt to me like, okay, between this and the Laurinaitis news, we're, we're moving in the right direction here, but I don't know. They could all go awry, and then they take a big settlement, and then everybody just shuts I, up again. I think this is us so unlike you because you're being so wildly optimistic. I here. know. I'm just going to get disappointed, aren't I? And that's typically not you. You're always worst-case scenario guy. Um, here's one thing I don't think we've talked about. If I'm not mistaken, based on what I read in the lawsuit, she was introduced to McMahon by by like the doorman in their building or something like that. Yeah. If, if she lived in the same building as him, isn't she rich? How could they live in the same building if they're not? That I don't understand because they said that she had financial issues due to her parents being in, um, I guess they were older parents. And I wonder if she had money, but then her parents were in hospice or had some, some, issues there and that was or not not high, but like we're in retirement homes or something like that 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 i was unclear about of how they lived in the same building exactly i i don't know that so were her maybe maybe her parents or had money or she had money and there she was financially drained by taking care of the parents i think that's what yeah that, that as far as what i read in i thought that's what they said but i i, I don't know if that's yeah yeah, so that that was one thing that I don't that one aspect of it that I don't think we discussed because you know there's so many aspects to this and I there's always points I forget to bring up even though we've done 19 hours of audio on this at this point, but um, that struck me as as a bit odd and something that no one has spoken about. Um, how in need could she have been if she lived in the same building as him? But I guess you can, you know, Vince's wealthy and you could be a, 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 a you know well you actually you know what you know what i do think i remember reading in there again it's it's all a blur i believe also there's the aspect that vince had kind of the penthouse suite in this particular complex and maybe there's other apartments in that complex as right. well you know right, what i mean right. like it doesn't necessarily mean that they were in the same style of apartments he had an entire floor and she maybe had one of you know a, a corner unit that was 500 square feet you know what i mean like i don't know but i thought i know there was some aspect of the uh the, the parents being involved as well but it may have just simply been that vince had the penthouse and she just had a normal apartment and they just happened to be in the same building yeah, and money moves fast when you're taking care of two elderly people who are 
I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in my family yeah. that uh, somebody goes into the, uh, a, a nursing home and you don't have that properly. You, you don't hide money well enough. You don't hide assets well enough. Bam, those things are gone quick. I saw it happen to my grandmother. Her house was swooped yeah. up in, in an instant. Because they didn't hide that, you know, they, they didn't put it in different people's names. And the second one of those bills came in for that nursing home, they said, "Oh, the house is ours now. Bye bye." And they took the house and and took everything very quickly. It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've done a ton of audio on this, and we've kind of hit off on pretty much every other angle of it. So uh, that's the new stuff that broke since the last time we did audio. But um, Shawn Michaels did his NXT Vengeance press conference today, and he got pounded pretty hard with questions yeah he you know, uh I think, I think he thought he was gonna spend the whole time putting over trick williams and talking about you know Dijak and and uh the family and uh no that's uh he they hit him real hard real i don't hard know if he thought I, i'm sure he was expecting some questions i mean he, they, they have look here's the thing i think um you know our we made our feelings known on on the rumble instant reaction live what we thought of that presser with levesque you know, with only the three decent questions and whatnot. But I feel like we're at least starting to see some progress with these sorts of things. I think that the pressure that's been put on the wrestling media to start asking better questions has has started to take hold a bit. In fact, I think tonight, right before we went on air, I, I think that it might be Fightful that's hosting some kind of roundtable with Brandon Thurston and John Alba and a couple other reporters talking about the role of wrestling media and, and, and those sorts of things. So we're seeing some progress in this regard, even though a lot of it is still really awful. And all of these content creators who, in my view, do not belong in the room at all. I know there's some people who disagree with that. I don't think these quote unquote content creators even belong in the room, but if they're going to be in the room, I think when there's a huge important story like this, these content creators have to know how to read the room, sit down, shut up, and sit those out. I do believe that. If we're going to have to accept that these people are going to be in the room and creating, you know, to create their vapid content or whatever, they should at least, because I think what we saw at the Rumble Presser, outside of those three good questions, with the rest of the, the questions that were asked, not only did I feel like, they were uh, the wrong questions for the wrong time. And I won't go as far as to say it was reprehensible that those questions were asked. I think these people are just ignorant. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I just think they have no feel or, or they, 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 an inability to read the room and know that this isn't the time or place to ask Paul Levesque if this is a great new era or if this is the greatest roster. It's not the time or place. And these people just don't have a feel for that. So I feel like if they're going to be in the room and they're going to have a place at the table, then they have to understand that times like this, when it's the biggest scandal in the history of wrestling, you need to sit down. It's not the time for your vapid questions. And I don't apologize for saying that. And, you know, Brandon Thurston said it far more politely than I did in a great tweet that he had the other day. I don't know if you saw it. I did. I did. Let me but, let me see if I can actually grab it because I, I think it was good. And I, I do want more people to read it. It was, it was a, he said what I just said in a more polite way. Like, look, I understand that you guys, everyone wants to create their own kind of content. But in situations like this, maybe you should sit this one out. And I firmly agree with that. You know, and, and then John Alba put out a tweet uh, later in the day saying that it's unfortunate that the questions 
that the media asks becomes the story. And while I agree, while I do agree with him that that is unfortunate and the questions that reporters ask shouldn't be the story. Well, John, the reason that is the story is because wrestling media has been asking bad questions for years on uh, years upon years to people like Paul Levesque. It wouldn't be a story if we can get our shit together in that room. And if these content creators could have a little feel for time, place and situation and sit the fuck down when it's something that's above their heads and real information and real questions need to be asked. Because quite frankly, I thought the four or five people who didn't ask a question related to this scandal at that rumble presser, I won't go as far as to say it was reprehensible. I will say that those people were incredibly selfish. They were ignorant and they were selfish. And I know that some people have come out to defend those people. Okay, that's fine. You could defend them if you want. I'm not backing down. They were ignorant and they were selfish to take up the oxygen in that room and not allow Levesque to be asked more questions. There's one there's one line of of Brandon's thing that I think wraps up because it's a pretty long tweet, so I don't I don't want to read all of it. But one line, I think one line wraps it up pretty perfectly. Quote, having access carries a responsibility that sometimes matters less. But last night mattered a lot. And half the questions of Levesque were about really trivial subjects. Correct. And here's the thing. There were by my count and there may have been more. But by my count, there were four soft PR events that weekend where these content creators had all the time in the world and where it was appropriate to go get their vapid content. Four. There were four separate PR events. There was the Boys and Girls Club event. There was, uh, I believe, a 2K event. There there, there was a WWE just straight PR event, like a red carpet deal. Yeah, that, I forget what they called it. It was a press junket, or I forget what they exactly called yeah. it. But yeah, our media junk. It, it was something. But yeah, it was essentially a red carpet, and, uh, and 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 people were there. There were four such events where, if you want to go there with your little GoPro and interview your favorite superstars and get Mark picks and ask your vapid questions and put it up on your little YouTube and play reporter for the weekend. Okay, there was plenty of opportunity to do that, which is why I think it was incredibly selfish to waste everybody's time with those types of questions for Levesque. I don't even mind them for Bailey and Cody. That I don't even mind it then. Because here's something else where people might disagree. I don't know necessarily if it's right to 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 grill the talent on this stuff at this point. I don't know how I feel. I, I, I'm not interested in that. I don't care what Bailey thinks. And I, that's no slight on Bailey. I care what I don't care about Levesque on that night. Okay. And I found it selfish and ignorant that those people wasted questions on that shit when they had four other events to do that. Four other events where they can do whatever they want. They can interview all their favorite superstars. And get all their little interviews lined up on their little YouTubes. You have to be able to read the room. And you have to know when to sit down and shut up. And let the serious people do the job. This is the biggest scandal in wrestling history. If you are not a serious person, and deep down you know whether you're a serious person or not. Okay? And I'm trying to be as polite as possible here. 
then you should have enough sense to not ask for the mic in that situation. So that's where I stand on it. And I, I, I can't ever see myself changing my opinion on that. We got to live with these people in the room. And I guess if it's just a common presser for a common event where there's not the most, the biggest scandal in wrestling history, you just got to roll your eyes at their bad questions and live with it. Okay. But in that situation, what a, what a horrible, just disgusting display of, of an inability to read the room and not get the fuck out of the way. That's how I feel about every single one of them. So. I, was def- I was definitely encouraged by the, uh, the, the, the Michaels call today because it did feel like more people were asking and, and, and possibly it was the fact that there was a lot of fallout from the, the, pre- the Royal Rumble press conference. So maybe people are feeling that heat. Maybe it's the fact that you're doing a, a, a call and not there live or you're not there in person. That probably takes on a little bit of a different connotation. But uh, regardless, I, I think they you know, most of the reporters in there, I think, did a pretty good job of, of, of pressing Michaels about it. They, you know, I, I think Nick Hausman asked him about past allegations that Brutus Beefcake made uh, about him and Marty Jannetty. And, and, and Michaels then, you know, denied that and said that, you know, Beefcake himself walked back those comments in the past. Uh, Michaels, you know, talked about that he, he made mistakes in the, in the past, but any, everything he did, you know, was consensual or whatever. So he was getting into it. You know what I mean? And, and then people asked him about, you know, the safety and, and the environment at the performance center. He said that they have an open environment, that they have a welcome communication, that it's a safe environment for everybody, that my daughter visits every single week, all that sort of stuff. You know, said that that everybody in that locker room is aware of the McMahon lawsuit. Well, better tell your buddy Paul, because he apparently wasn't as much aware uh, of it. Hopefully he is now. Uh, and that, yeah, he takes, you know, his his role is working with young talent very seriously in all aspects of the business wants to tell them the truth like that sort of stuff he also asked that that you know they specifically updated a bunch of policies in 2022 to help make it a, a safer environment when someone said which one of those policies or what you know what specifically about those policies one of the things that we talked about uh, on the on the rumble call uh, that you know uh, Cameron Hawkins said you know what are you doing to, to ensure safety of of, of talent and, and the roster and and Paul said everything we are doing everything and then Nobody said, well, name one thing. <laughs> can, I, can you tell us? Can you give us well, one well, example? Here's, here's why. Because they don't have follow-ups. They can't do follow-ups. They, because, the, because the three people who ask good questions get one crack at it, and the people who followed up didn't have the sense to follow up with, you say you're doing everything. How about telling us something specific? Right. Whatever dumb question you had in mind, scrap that and say, well, hold on a minute. That, that. We got something pretty good here. We got That's journalism 101. And that's how you can tell a lot of these people yes. did not come up in journalism. Because if you do, yeah, and if you've ever been to a real press conference, you have a rough idea. You go in with a rough idea of what you're going to ask every person. You go to a post game. Uh, you know, I, I had it several times where I had, you know, four or five questions I was ready to ask. But if you get a juicy answer or some line of questioning that's starting to put you in a different direction, you scratch all those dumb things out about, hey, uh, how important was the running game today fuck that we don't care about that anymore <laughs> you got a new thing to worry about and if you were going to say uh hey paul uh, is this the best roster you've ever had i you know great but scratch that one because this guy just said that they're doing everything to ensure the safety of talents well give without give cameron specifics. hawkins yeah give cameron hawkins a, a you know follow him up and say all right good question man what are you doing you know to to, to follow up to uh cameron's question what are you doing specifically to ensure yeah. that's, what real room that's you, what a real room that's what a real room would doing, do that's right you're saying you're doing everything in your power. Tell us what. The next question should have been, tell us what. Yeah. Give us specifics. What specifically are you guys doing to foster a more, Tangible uh, you know. Tangible things. Right. And someone asked Shawn Michaels something that today, the same question. You know, right. how are you keeping people safe? And Michaels gave the same 
non-specific answer. Right. We're um, doing everything. We updated our policies. Yeah. And then okay. someone said, so yeah, <laughs> what'd you do specifically? And he went, oh, I don't have the paper in front of me. I just know that we have a safe environment. It's like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> like, so here's the thing. I'm going to put more pressure because I, I have to say something here. I think a lot of this controversy over how bad wrestling media is in these spots. Quite honestly, I think we have to take some credit for this. We've been putting pressure on this long before anyone else has been putting pressure on this because you and I have been aghast at the performance of these people with both the AEW pressers and now the WWE pressers that they've been doing since AEW has been doing them. I mean, we've been blown away by how bad some of these are and we're loud about it and we're vocal. And I think we're, I I think we're largely responsible for, for kicking up this dust. I'm just going to be honest about it. So I'm going to take it a step further. Now, I don't want to hear another question posed to either of these guys or anybody in that company about what are you doing to keep women safe in your company? We've asked that already right. and we've gotten not. Let's get the specifics. Answers. Don't here. ask that. Don't ask that question again, because if you ask that question again, I think you're trying to get off easy by claiming you're asking a real question. Okay. But you're, you're asking something where we already know we're not getting not the next question you need to ask is, Hey, Paul, the last time you were asked this, you said you're doing everything in your power. Hey, Sean, the last time you said you're doing everything you can. Can you give us some specifics on how you're protecting women in your company? Can you give us some specifics on how you can ensure that the culture is changing in your company in the post Vince McMahon era? Specifically, when you say you're doing everything, what are you doing? That needs to be the next question you ask. I don't want to hear that same question again. We've heard it twice and they haven't been specific either time. So now you got to keep pressing them harder or I'm going to come on here and bury you because you, it, it, that question obviously is not being answered sufficiently. You're not getting, we're not getting answers. We've learned nothing of what they're doing to ensure that this can't happen again in their company. Have we learned a thing, Rich? We have learned nothing. We haven't learned anything. I guess we learned that they changed some of the policies in 2022. We don't know which policies they changed, what got changed, what was in there before, what got added, what got moved, what got removed, what got, you know, no, we know none of that. We just know that from Shawn Michaels' quote that they did change some policies in 2022, but we don't know what policies. We don't know anything about it. So that's great that we asked it initially, and that's great that you can go on Twitter and get backpats for caring about the women, but now we need to up the ante and ask follow-ups to these questions. And because we're lucky enough to get a crack at these people. Yeah. They don't have to do these pressers. They probably shouldn't be doing them right now also. And they may stop doing yeah, it. Right. But here's but you know, this is what we've been saying all along. We've had unprecedented access to these people and we've been blowing it. And quite honestly, I'm going to keep my foot on the pedal. I'm going to keep my foot on the pedal. And any opportunities that we have, we're going to take advantage of. Because you have to you can't let them off the hook. And I thought Michaels acquitted himself very well today. He, he acquitted himself much better than Levesque, but he still didn't have specific answers. Did he handle himself better? He did. But did we learn anything? We learned nothing. I don't know anything about how the culture's changing in that company. I don't know anything about, you know, and, and, and I get on these conference calls, it's hard. I'm not blaming anybody today because you, you get one crack and they mute your mic. You don't get a follow-up. We got to rely on each other with the follow-ups. We got to know that if Cameron Hawkins asks about what, what are you doing and, and he doesn't give it, we got to know that the next person, whether it's Brandon Thurston or whether it's New York Diva Demon One, we need to know that that next person is going to ask the right follow-up. And yeah. unfortunately, while we're making progress here, 
we're not to the point where we can where we can uh, be sure that that's going to happen because these content creators are still in the room and they don't know how to read the room and they don't know that in situations like this they need to sit down and not ask for the mic and don't be selfish don't be selfish you had four separate events to do whatever it is you do and i don't even know what these people do it's so far out of my sphere and i'm being polite okay but they don't need to do it in that time and place and that's the, and that's why i thought brandon was on point and that's why alba where i understand where he's coming from what alba has to understand with his statement okay is that the reason this is always a story is because wrestling media collectively we're terrible at it and it's going to keep being a story until we stop being terrible at it and it and it shouldn't have taken the biggest scandal in the history of the business to shine a light on this because rich you and i have been talking about this for years and maybe if we would have fixed this shit back when we were complaining about it we would have had uh some better representation some better questions in that room some better follow-ups and maybe we'd be putting these people's feet to the fire a little stronger if we would have gotten to. But I am glad that we're seeing progress. I'm glad that we're doing roundtables. I'm glad that it's being discussed. Okay? these are This is all progress from these rants that you and I have been having for years on here. So um, from that standpoint, you know, that that those are some of the things that Shawn Michaels Presser today made me think about. I think we're getting a little better at this. We are. Yeah, I, a little I, better. I, I, yeah, we're we're not there yet, and, and I'd love to see this in practice. I want to see the same energy kept up at a live uh, presser as, as well. I think it's a little easier to do it on a call, and I get that. I, I totally get that. It's a little easier to press these people on a call. It's a little bit easier to press Shawn Michaels as opposed to Paul Levesque, who's standing in front of you or whatever. But you know what? No, I mean, if if this is a big boy story, and he's a big boy executive, and if you truly, truly, truly care about the stuff that's going on here, and you truly care about getting answers and justice and and the health and safety of of the people that you know you like to watch on TV or whatever, then this is this is it, man. This is it. it doesn't get any bigger than this. This is it. You know, this is a a, a potential corporate wide, complete corporate executive suite wide corruption and 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 sex trafficking and and sexual assault it doesn't get bigger than this we let this one flow, go and 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 don't get anything out of this it's not going to be like this again this is the biggest story <laughs> like we said in, in in arguably in wrestling history the biggest and most important story i mean right. look i got a couple text messages from a reporter who was in the room and i don't know rich i know this kind of made the rounds but i don't know if you were aware of it or our listeners was but i'm going to read you what um this reporter said to me he said, uh, totally overshadowed at the press conference on Saturday, there was a member of the press in the room carrying a replica belt, as Ugh. well as two people wearing a Hulk Hogan cosplay. And uh, he goes on to say, I guess they could have just been fans who were given access, but I don't think, but I, but I don't think. Okay, he, I'm going to, he, he, there's typos here. I'm going to try to make sense of what the rest of this says. I guess they could have just been fans who were given access because I don't think they asked questions, but who can really tell? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Look, if you're some content creator who <laughs> carries Hulk around Hogan a replica cosplay. belt. Hulk Hogan cosplay of all people, yeah, and, of all people. And, <laughs> and, and you're and you're carrying around a replica belt and all that. And you've got press credentials and you you paid the fly to fucking Tampa and rub elbows with your favorite wrestlers. Man, you do you. You do you. But what I would ask is please do it at the four specific PR events where it's appropriate. That's all. 
and stay out of people's way. Like my friend here who texted me, who was in that room and was disappointed that, that, you know, maybe they weren't given the mic. Can, can we just stay out of people? Can, can we read the room a little and not be selfish about it? When you had four separate events to create your little content, whatever it is you're doing, having fun out there. That's great. Let the serious people do serious things. That's all. I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I think it's important. And I think, fuck, man, Rich, I think this show has been important with this stuff. I do. I really do. We've, We've been, been loud and annoying about it. And We've been annoying about it for a very long time. We've been loud and annoying time. about it. Yeah. You know, and, and you as know, per I, usual, I know as we are with everything, <laughs> loud and annoying. But hey, you know what? Sometimes yeah, it works. And, and, and we get subtweeted and sub discussed and everything because we're like, again, we're the little redheaded stepchildren in the, we, we're, you know, we don't get acknowledged, but I, I, I feel like when it, you know, our influence has been felt with this, you know, and, and, and that's a good thing. And, and, um, you know, I hate to use cliches like bullying works or, but you know, you got to keep the pressure on, we got to keep the pressure on, um, on this stuff. Cause you know, this is, this is the most important and, and, and biggest scandal in the history of the business. If, if, if we can't, if we, if we weren't seeing progress on this one, it truly was. It's over. Us. It is over. Yeah. Now, I, I, unfortunately, over. I just have now in my mind when you tell me about the Hulk Hogan cosplayers and the guy with the replica, replica belt, all I can imagine now is like an NBA press conference with some guy wearing like a jersey and then another guy walking in with like a little tiny replica ball. You know what I mean? Like a little tiny replica ball. Like... Yeah. Well, really, these people were there to, to, to have fun and party and, and, <laughs> And, 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 you know, take selfies and sing karaoke, you know, right, it's you know, Adrian and then, Wojnarowski and then the guy next to him in like a fucking Jason Tatum jersey, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, um, with a replica fucking NBA a little, title little, trophy. little, yeah, you know, <laughs> a little Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, it, it's him. preposterous, you know, and I'm not saying that, that all sports reporters are on the ball because they ask terrible questions no, of course, too. Of course. But when, but I can guarantee you, if there was a scandal of this magnitude, you wouldn't get those terrible questions at least not at this level in an NFL press conference or an NBA press conference. If the commissioner of one of these leagues was being accused of what Vince was being accused of, or, 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 or an owner of a team was being accused of the things that's the better comparison. I think if the owner of a team was accused of these sorts of things and the head coach was up there, no one's asking about why they were poor on the offensive boards tonight. Okay. No one's asking. That. I can promise <laughs> right. you. No one's asking a single question about that. That's a guarantee. Okay. They're, you know, they're asking the pertinent questions and that's, that that's, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Cl- classic catch. content creators. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, classic catch is in our, uh, the note of chat room. And obviously we talked about her last week. She has a, a history in PR says, quote, imagine the first Penn state presser after Sandusky and someone dresses up as the lion to the presser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as the Penn state I mean, lion like, with, with that like sounds, a sounds that listen, and that analogy sounds preposterous with like a little pennant, with a little pennant that says "Go Lions." You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> like, it's a, it's the same exact thing. It's the same thing. Yes. Well, everybody else is asking questions about this this years, this decade long, uh, you know, uh, uh, abuse, sexual abuse of children and trafficking children across state lines for the purposes of sexual abuse. And someone comes into the the Nittany Lions, you know, fight song on their phone and their lion outfit with their little pennant that says "Go Lions." That's what the whole Kogan cosplayers were. You know what I mean? That's what the like a belt guy yeah. was yeah and i mean you, you can't imagine someone standing up to ask joe paterno if he feels like they're entering the best era of penn state football in the face of this fucking scandal they'd be they would they, they would know they wouldn't work in media anymore 
if they ask the question like that. Or when a guy starts a question by saying, all right, now let's get to a little bit of a nicer question here. It's like, yeah, what? Right. what? No, no, we don't get nice questions right now. This guy is being asked about this decade-long covering up of, of child sexual abuse. No, we don't get a nicer question right now. Sorry. But again, the difference is in wrestling, 90% of the people are amateurs who are getting back on their little plane and flying home and going back to their right, day right, job right. on Monday. And and they they don't work for outlets. They have a YouTube page where they upload videos talking to Liv Morgan for for eight minutes, you know, and totally vapid content, which I have no use for. I mean, I guess there's some people out there that like it. it it's whatever. Again, I don't care. You have your four PR events to do that is all I'm saying. We got to get to the point where if these people are going to be around, and unfortunately they're going to be around, we have to get to the point where they at least understand when they should not ask for the mic. That's all. So, um, you know, I feel like we're kind of repeating ourselves now. We should probably just move on to something else. But um, I think it's good, though, that people like Thurston and Alba are being more outspoken about it and, you know, step into the plate. It's like I told you on the Rumble Instant Reaction Live. Alba you know, I have maybe my own different issues with him that aren't important in the grand scheme of this, but he always asks good questions when he's at these things. He typically will always ask a good question from that standpoint, you know, because this is what he does for a living. You know, and Thurston too always asks it. You know who they you know the ones are who who the ones are who are gonna ask a good question. Uh so anyway, that's uh that's my late that's our latest take on on the wrestling media stuff. Uh, How do we... Yeah, well, let's just talk about Vengeance Day because that's uh, coming up this Sunday. That uh, obviously, that's what, that's what Michaels was was on there to uh, promote, uh, and he got a little bit of chance to promote it, but uh, Vengeance Day is this weekend. Of course, you all knew there was an NXT special this weekend. You're all going to be ready to go. You've all canceled your plans. No football on this weekend. Well, maybe the, is the Pro Bowl this weekend? I forget. They, they do the... Whatever the hell the it shell the, of the Pro Bowl is. Now, it's the Pro Bowl games, right? The games. It's the Pro Bowl games, and it goes on all week. Tonight was dodgeball. Ah. So. Uh, it's going to get 9 million people watch that, right? Like, the all Pro these things Bowl are going to destroy the NBA is, tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I know they do stuff all week. I don't know if it all airs on tape later or airs every night. I don't even, because I don't pay much attention. Um. I did watch the dodgeball last year, and it, I have to admit it was really fun watching NFL players play dodgeball against each other. That was amusing to me. They also have like a, a golf long drive challenge where they're just trying to whack drives as far as they can. Um, so they do silly little competitions like that instead of, you know, because the game became a farce because nobody wanted to tackle each other anymore for obvious reasons. You know, who, who wants to get injured playing the Pro Bowl? Um, so, yeah, the Pro Bowl games is what the NFL uh, – does now so yeah but that's this that's this weekend but uh otherwise no football so you got all the time in the world to watch nxt uh vengeance day we have the nxt title match here Ilya dragnoff versus trick williams but this is important because trick williams is in two matches on this night uh dusty road yeah. team classic final match which will be earlier in the night baron corbin and Braun breaker versus carmelo hayes and trick williams and then he's here later in the title match nxt title match Ilya dragnoff versus trick williams now I think we all see where this is going. I would hope that even the most uh, you know, you know, casual NXT fan knows where this is going. And by the way, we're going to be on the right side of history about the Trick Williams over Carmelo thing. But everything points to probably them losing the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, Corbin and Breaker winning, and then Carmelo coming out and costing Trick Williams the title match. Right? Is that is that where you're? 
Is that where your head's at? Because that's that to me is where I feel like we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been kind of building towards, you know, Carmelo and Trick had some issues, then they patched them up, but then Carmelo does the WWE thing where he just stares off into space when Trick walks off, you know, because they have to, to telegraph everything that they're going to do. So, yeah, there's a high probability of that. The problem is Carmelo's already on the main roster, so that's kind of weird. Like, are you going to have this extended feud in NXT with Trick uh, while you're also on the main roster? The other thing is Carmelo hasn't looked great on the main roster. He is not. He Now, look, you know, this is not a victory lap, but I can tell you that, and our listeners know this, you know, you and I, definitely me, but I think you as well, we're on the Trick train immediately. We're like, okay, look at that fucking guy. If he if he picks this up, that's a potential. Stop. I think that was the biggest right. thing for me was, is he going to be able to pick this up? I mean, obviously, from right. the raw tools, you saw that guy and you said, that's the dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? That guy yeah. is huge. That's the he dude, looks the part. not yeah. Carmelo. Right. right. Because to, like, the common viewer, like, they look, like Carmelo was more polished. He was an indie wrestler for years and a good one. Like, yeah, he's, a, you know, he's an indie name. And obviously, he had more polish and all those things and, and, Trick was starting from ground zero as a college football player. And, you know, one of their off the street, you know, high ceiling, low floor. I was going to say Carmelo had the, 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 the higher floor and probably the lower ceiling. And Trick had a, a, a very high ceiling and a very low floor. And we had no idea. Right. All of their college recruits really are the case because they're great athletes and they, they're attractive people and they look good and, but but you just don't know whether they're going to pick it up. But if they do pick it up big time, they have super high ceilings. But when you look at Trick and Carmelo all along, it was always, all right, well, if Trick picks this up, I think he's going to blow right past Carmelo. And they've finally gotten behind Trick big time. And this is going to be a big night for him with the two matches, and they're probably going to do a big angle. They're going to do some kind of angle, probably what you laid out, but they're no doubt going to do something. And, you know, Carmelo, as predicted, when he gets to the main roster, the height becomes an issue. The charisma doesn't jump off the page the same way as it does in front of 300 people at wherever they, it's not full sale. What do they call it now? At the, at the fucking, whatever that. It's not the Capitol Wrestling Center anymore either. Yeah. I forget yeah. what they call their, their thing now. I kind of tune it out at this point. Everyone knows what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. And it's like, and, and we kind of thought he might get swallowed up on the main roster when he got there. Right. He's kind of a, more of a small room guy in terms yeah. of, you know, the energy he projects. Whereas Trick could be a big room guy. You know, we know he could talk. It was just a matter of whether he's going to pick up the wrestling and pick up the nuances of pro wrestling and all those things. And I think he's coming about around okay, you know? Uh, and we'll see. He's a huge night. He's in there with Ilya Dragunov. Rich, you could have a great match with Ilya Dragunov. I'm okay, sure so I could, yes. <laughs> he could if, ch- if, punch <laughs> me and shot me and headbutt me, and I think we'd have a pretty good thing going. Yeah, and he's going to make his, you know constipated Sean Penn faces and he's going to sell and he's going to, and he's going to hit you hard back. And, you know, and you, you know, so if trick can't have a great match with this guy, cause Carmelo did, you know, but you know, Carmelo's ahead of trick granted, you know, but, but he should be able to have a great match with this guy and it'll be a big night for him. Big spotlight. And uh, if you're asking me today, I'm in the same place I was two years ago. I'd be buying all the trick stock and I wouldn't be buying the Carmelo stock. If it's a one versus one situation, I'm still gambling on trick, even though Carmelo is the safer bet to have a nice, comfortable career because he could have that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm I'm betting on a star, I'm betting on trick. 
Right. The long-term play would probably be if, if, if you wanted to keep these guys together is that Trick just leaps him and then Trick is the guy and Carmelo's kind of – but he doesn't have the charisma to be a manager either. So it's like the only way you would be able to really work that out is if they were like a, a tag team like they are right now with, with Trick being the monster and, and Carmelo being the little guy uh, of the team or whatever. But that's not – I mean that that's that's not using Trick to his – fullest ability either and and i think i, I really do I, I really and i forget what was the pay-per-view was it the new year not the new year's show what the hell was the maybe deadline or whatever what i was i think it was deadline let me let me double check that was the show where he was in yeah that was the show where he was in that iron survival match and when that was done it yeah. was like i everyone's gonna have to start seeing it our way now right and, and that was the time when i firmly i because i was always like on your side they had trick had the higher but i just didn't know if he was able to gonna be able to put it together that was the match where like halfway through that match you could tell he was getting it and by the end he got it and it was like okay this guy's off to the races now he gets it he just understands what it means all that sort of stuff that crowd connection that sort of stuff he's the guy that that became a star and the fans are reacting because he's a star Carmelo was the guy they always told you was the star, and people said he was a star. It was one of those things. It was a classic WWE star where they just keep saying, this guy's a star, this guy's a star, this guy's a star, and people just start eventually saying it and aping it, and, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy's a star, that guy's a star, that guy's a star. And it never really came across. And then you see when, when it getting out of brass tacks that he's just not that – he's not that jump-off-the-page kind of guy. Hey, listen, and he got is. over in NXT. I'll, I'll say that. He got over in NXT, Carmelo Hayes. Here's the thing. This shit takes time. Trick Williams is still a literal rookie. Has he had 100 matches? I don't even know if he's had 100 matches in his life, okay? Carmelo Hayes, like we said, Christian Casanova was on the indies, high-level indies, for seven years. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah, I think people don't – maybe a lot of people don't know that about Carmelo Hayes. He is not a PC product. He was on in Beyond in the Northeast Indies for, for a number of years. Oh, limitless, um, you know, because he's from the the northeast, the uh, the New England area. Yeah, yeah. You know, all those big promotions up there. He worked those promote those those major and big time. He wasn't working shindies either. Okay, this was a guy who was. Listen, was he was he a top level PWGs bringing him in for fucking you know uh, for 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 bola level name? No, but he was that next level down. If you followed indie wrestling, you knew who Christian Casanova was, and you knew he was good. And you weren't surprised when he got signed, right? That's kind of the level he was on. So he came into the PC polished, okay? So Trick Williams, if he were, if you were overlapping his career with Carmelo Hayes, Carmelo Hayes debuted in 2014, okay? Trick Williams would be what? In 2016 at this point. Yeah. Still four years away or five, four or five years away from signing. Just to give people some perspective, at this same point in their careers, Carmelo Hayes was still a half decade away from getting in the door. And Trick Williams has been on TV since day one. It takes time. That's a true developmental situation. Ilya Dragunov is not developing. Carmelo Hayes is not developing anymore. You know what I mean? These guys came in polished to some degree. They just had to learn WWE's way. You know? Uh, guys like Braun Breaker and Trick Williams, you know, they're they're true developmental pieces who are learning from from nothing, but they're on TV, and we have to judge them as such, you know. And sometimes we might be a little harsh, but we're not the ones putting them on TV. No, they're on national TV, and 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 USA is paying them millions of dollars to be on national TV. So sorry. Yeah. So you put them on TV. I got to tell you what I'm seeing, and sometimes it's not pretty. You know, the 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 NXT women's division. Oh. Do you know what you know? 
the NXT women's division is what people say AEW is in terms of flippy dues, no psychology, nobody sells, half the spots are blown. That's what people, that's what trolls say that the AEW house style is. And we all know that's bullshit, right? That's what the NXT women's division is. What people say AEW is. What dumb people think AEW is, that's what the NXT. I think they have been, they have so lost the plot in what they do with their women's division in NXT. I don't know what Shawn Michaels is doing. Every one of these girls down there, pretty much all of them stink. And, and, and they're taught to try things that are so above their heads that it comes off almost embarrassing on TV, how inept that these people are. They can't even run the ropes properly. They, they blow things like simple hip tosses, but yet all of them are doing springboard moves and flippy dudes. What the fuck are we doing? Uh, unrelated. The they're women? all getting hurt. Very. A lot of them have torn ACLs. Danny Palmer just had to get double hip surgery. She's 25 years old. What? Now, like, this has to be some calculated strategy to to train the women in this way, but I don't understand why. Why are we doing this? Sol Ruka, who is an incredible athlete, you know, she's been out with the blown knee for how long? Yeah. We go right down the list, and it's like, you know, maybe we need to, you know, reel, the, reel it in and pump the brakes a little with these off-the-street trainees and stop having them do shit that, like, you know, it's like they're doing things that that – the, the top level guys in arena Mexico are doing, but executing properly and safely because they know what the fuck they're doing. And these people are just, you know, they're, they're essentially rookies and amateurs trying to do this shit. It looks bad. They're getting injured. And it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense because they don't do this with the men. The NXT men. The opposite. Are, Dragon Lee. We work. wish Dragon Lee would do one eighth of what these, what Lola Vice does on an episode of NXT. They make Dragon Lee do headlock matches and then they let Lola Vice do Dragon Lee matches. What are we doing here? What is this? They're so out of their depth. I don't understand yeah. it. It doesn't make any it's sense. so weird. But, um, Anyway, what's the rest of this vengeance card? Because we, we got a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. So we got a no disqualification match. Joe Gacy versus Dijak. You got the family, Joe. Your uh, your your uh, your fellow Italians here. Adriana Rizzo, Ugh. Channing Lorenzo, and Tony D'Angelo versus Out the Mud. Bronco, Nima, Jada, Parker, Lucian Price with scripts, of course. Scripts will be there as well. So the family versus Out the Mud. Uh, I know you cannot wait for that. Uh, NXT North American title match. Obafemi versus Dragon Lee. Obafemi, another guy who's got a lot of potential not quite there yet but but a guy that you could definitely see in the future if things go right and if he gets it uh he's not he doesn't quite have it yet i think people are getting a little too ahead of themselves on obafemi but but i do think that definitely he's got that superstar look and superstar potential well, look at him look at the fucking guy you know it's like that's i understand it you know when you see because he looks like he he's got the look of a major star oh, God, like yeah he's, he's, he looks incredible and then uh, uh lyra valkyria Versus Roxanne Perez for the NXT. Do you, I, I haven't watched the NXT television. Did, Ly, did Lyra make Roxanne go to the place that she doesn't even know that she can go to? I, I imagine when I watch this show that I'm going to have to fucking watch for some goddamn reason. There's going to be a video package where Lyra Valkyrie goes, ha, 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 ha. And then Roxanne Perez goes, I don't even know where I'm at right now with my life. And, yeah. and I'm going to go, God damn it. It's, a, uh, yeah. it's just a never-ending loop of time. <laughs> Could she just win this title? She saw win a title. Like you're really bad. Why does she keep getting title shots? Everybody's mad about AEW rankings. What the hell? How's Roxanne Perez? How many chances does she get to to win matches? Roxanne Perez has been involved in more like death feuds than than, than Tommy Rich in the eighties, except with none of the blood. Right. Right. 
None of the still blood waiting, somehow. Though. You're still waiting. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the time when she runs the runs the razor on there. I don't know. You're waiting. Yeah. One of the one of these takeovers, you're gonna joke about it, and then it's gonna happen. I listen. I don't think it's gonna be this God's one. Ears. I, I hope it's so. gonna be this one, but sometime. Yeah. Sometime, Joe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I you know she's a she's kind of a meme on this show. I I listen. I'm sure, she's a nice lady, Rich, but I cannot fucking stand Roxanne Perez. No. I it just just that is like your prototypical modern. WWE presentation. Yeah, WWE like women superstar. WWE. Is yes. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's so it's so what I not want out of my wrestling. You know what I want out of my wrestling? I want Brian Danielson versus Yuji Nagata. And then a week later, Brian Danielson versus Hetchison. <laughs> yes. Why? Because why? Because fuck you. That's why. That's what I want out of my wrestling. And I get it. We all like what we like, but uh, there's just such an inauthenticity to these Roxanne Perez's and, and, and such that, uh, and most of NXT, that's just, it's, it's why I kind of have this existential thing where I fear that this is the future of wrestling, because if this is what they're teaching everybody, this is what they want on the main roster. And if this takes over the main roster, everybody follows the leader and always have. And now everyone, you know, and, and I'm terrified that modern NXT is the future of pro wrestling and it scares the shit out of me. So, um, did you go down? The, is there anything else that's on this it. card? Or that's it. So we'll uh, we'll right. unfortunately review this next week. Uh, I'll force myself to watch this dumb shit show, and we'll uh, probably bury it next week on this uh, show. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be great, and we'll uh, we'll rave about it. But uh, I don't know. NXT Vengeance Day coming up this weekend um, on uh, on your Peacock WWE Network. Which you looking week. forward to that review next week? I know you're looking oh, forward to that. Can't review wait. Next week. Cannot wait. Yeah, it's. I got to watch this like. My problem is I, I keep NXT until like Wednesday or Thursday morning. I can't yeah. do that. I gotta yeah. just yeah. I gotta just watch the thing. I, I'm not gonna watch it. I don't know if I can watch it live. I gotta watch it like the morning of, the night of, something like that. I gotta I gotta nail it right away. I when's, cannot when's wait. When's it on? Uh, NXT Vengeance Day is on. Of course I know this, and I'm not uh, being pressed. Sunday is on Sunday. Oh, with the no football. Yeah, Sunday night. Usually that's when they used to do the Rumble. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The week before the Super Bowl, when it was a, because some Super Bowl they used to sometimes do Super Bowls without the week off. Now they always do the week off, and they would try to position the Rumble on that Sunday. But now they do it on the this year they did it on the Saturday of the championship games, which you know that works too. Um, yeah. So Vengeance Day, we will review that next week. Our, our you know, I'll probably we'll probably have another fucking breakdown reviewing it, but. Um, do you think it could break us any further, NXT? Nah, nah, we, we've yeah. we've been. Taking it's not it. the NXT Halloween the Havoc. It's no, not... there was that Halloween Havoc that broke us. We'll, we'll never get there us. again. We'll never yeah. get there again. The problem, though, is it's not the actual NXT shows that break us. It's people overrating yes. the NXT shows that break us, because we can never understand why people enjoy anything about these shows right it's one of those ones and where you're yeah. like am i the problem am i wrong like right. what? <laughs> it makes us question our own sanity yes when we watch the show and we're like wow that was somehow worse than the last one that sucked and then you log on and everybody fucking loved it you're like what is this what is going on here have i lost touch is it the children that are wrong like what what it, what, what is happening here that's the only fucking company that does the, the little sub whatever you want to call it sub company so um 
People love our NXT reviews, though. Well, some people love them. Some people are like, why are you doing this? It's the worst audio. And then other people are like, it's the favorite. It's our favorite thing you do. We Don't have to do it. Stop we have to do NXT it. Reviews. Yeah. So because if we don't, who will? Everybody else will tell you. Someone's got to tell the truth about these NXT shows. <laughs> right, we have That's to. That's been it. my theory on it. If we if we hand wave the NXT shows, we can't let the narrative take over that these shows are good. We can't allow that to happen. Now, if it's good, I'll tell you it's good. It's not going to be good. Maybe it'll be good. That trick, I, a trick in a big spot, might be good. Maybe it'll be good. Ilya versus Trick's got me excited. Up, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, if they're going to gimmick it up in a bad way. Like, Carmelo's going to come out, and they're going to – his music's going to hit, and then they're going to stare at each other. <laughs> they're going to do a lot of staring. There will be a lot of staring. Yeah, cut promos on Booker each other. Booker T's like, I don't like where this is going, Vic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carmelo the – they'll do a ref bump. Carmelo will come in and hit whatever his finisher is, and then he'll stand over and go, you asked for this. I didn't want to do this. You know, he'll cut some fucking promo on him. And – um you know, and and we'll hate it. Whatever they do, we'll hate it. <laughs> There's you know, a pretty good chance. There's a pretty good chance. Yeah. Right. <sighs> anyway, let's get to the world of AEW here. Uh, the first batch of AEW uh, rankings. Oh, oh, yes. What do you got? I have an NBA text from a listener who says, this is the... this Is the is this, this is about Obi Toppin uh, again? This is the mystery Nick fan who gives you a hard time. Um, it's all caps text. It says... Fine nine. Knicks win ninth straight. Hottest team in all of sports. Tell Rich to talk about that on the show tonight. So there you go. Hottest team in all of sports, huh? That's what it says. I'm just reading you the text. Okay. Fine nine. Knicks win ninth straight. Lots of exclamation points. Hottest team in all of sports. Tell Rich to talk about that tonight. Exclamation point. This person's convinced that you just hate the Knicks. Well, what, what, what's, what's his Obi Toppin thing? Because he was big about Obi Toppin for a couple of years, and then they they threw him to the side because he stunk and wasn't doing anything. Now I, I, he hasn't hasn't texted about that in a while about Obi Toppin. Haven't but. heard about. We have to be fair. We have not heard about Obi Toppin in quite a while. But um, we haven't heard from the Knicks fan in a while. No, we haven't heard from the Knicks fan. He what, <laughs> yeah, he comes at the right time. Yeah, the show. But the Knicks fan knows we're doing the show, and the Knicks fan is all over you. So they've been uh, good. They've been they've know. been really good. My guy uh, Jalen Brunson, who the, the Mavericks should have never let go, uh, is helping them out a lot. Nine straight. The OG and Anobi trade they made was was good. I can't I can't hate the Knicks. Can't hate the why Knicks. Why does right the now. why why does the mystery Knicks fan think that you need to be owned when it comes to the Knicks? I don't. That I'm confused about. I mean, I hate the Knicks. That that's definitely. Sh- I I always root against the Knicks, and I always will root against the Knicks. Um, but you don't ever really talk about your hatred. No, I really like don't. That. I mean, that, that's deep. He might, he might, I don't know. Maybe I said something in, in person when I met him or something like that. That he, I can't confirm or deny. I know exactly who it is. I, and I, maybe I said something about it at the time, but I, I, I will never reveal, you know, I think I'm, he's I'm just, a, I, I, I think Knicks fans are, are very insecure, very insecure. And they should be, they haven't won a thing in, in decades. So I get why they're oh, very insecure right. about it. But um, I think that's it. They're just Rich, very insecure, I, and they're holding on to you know 1970s championships and haven't done shit since the 90s. So I, I get why they're a little you know a little testy about stuff. So it's fine. I had to grow up with and go to school with Knicks fans, right? In, like middle school, and junior high, and high school. And and on top of that, I was a Nets fan. So you can imagine. Well, what nobody my made you do that. With, I don't know why you chose that. With, with that was a cool time to be a Nets fan, to be fair. Draws and Petrovic. Uh, there hasn't Eric been many. You're right. There there was a, a brief time where it was okay to be a Nets a brief fan. Time. <laughs> right. Brief time. Brief time. Chris <laughs> Morris. That was a cool team. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was, yeah, was a cool team. Um, so Chuck Daly showed up and, you know, 
you know, it's Bill Fitch early on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, Knicks fans though, absolute animals, every single one of them, you know, the memes that people see and the video, that one famous video, the of the Knicks fans guy, going yeah, they crazy. beat, they beat, they beat the Atlanta Hawks in one game and they're the whole town <laughs> right, getting right. shut down. It's like, come on. But that's like, that's, that's really how they are. That's not like a bit like that's Knicks fans. That's how they are. That's how they operate. That's how they talk shit. They don't get to talk shit much. Like if you're a, but Knicks they still fan, do. Okay. That's what I don't get it. They haven't won shit since it's, the seventies and they're still going on about it. If you're a Nick fan under 30, you've seen nothing. Like, what have you seen? If you're a Nick fan under 30, saw Carmelo limp them to some first round losses in a conference finals, I guess. Did they, I don't even know. I don't even remember if they made a conference final in the mellow era. I don't think they did. What? Forget conference 30. semis, semis. They didn't even get to the final, conference finals. If you're a Nick fan under forty, under forty, yes. What have you seen? You saw at least you, you saw them kid. losing the finals a couple times. You saw them losing well, the finals on. to the Rockets. If, if, if you're forty, you became a fan when you were ten. Is that fair? Ten, and that's you become like a conscious fan. If you want to say like a conscious, fa- a conscious, conscious fan, yes, fan. yes, yes. So, so that's night. That's nineteen ninety four. You did catch the end of Ewing then, right? right. You saw the end. Of, you saw them losing the play, the finals to the Rockets. Uh, As you a ten year old. <laughs> right, you saw them. It barely counts. Flail around and, and lose to the Heat and and getting fights for a couple years. Then you saw them losing the finals to the Spurs, and then you saw them trade for Stefan Marbury and 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 <laughs> that whole shitty Amari team. Stoudemire yeah, and, and go through all that, and then they had the brief run of overrating the Carmelo age, and, and then they you know lost in the semis a couple times, and they missed the playoffs for like the last decade. So yeah, and that yeah, yeah. You haven't, haven't done much. Haven't done much. Like to be a Nick fan who really saw some cool shit, you got to be at least 50. And and honestly older than that. Yeah, you got to you going to 19 I mean their last finals one was 1973. It's a long time ago, Joe. So yeah, that's what I mean. So if you're 50, then you were 10 years old in 1984. All right, if you're 50, you at least saw Ewing's entire career. Right. You saw late and Bernard King and a little bit of and, and all of Ewing. Right. But if to see a championship, you've got to be like 70 at this point. Yeah. 70 at this point to have seen a championship. And believe me, those aren't 70-year-olds in that in that video after beating Trey Young. Okay. Those are 20-year-olds. <laughs> what are they what are they cocky about? Explain to me. You're the big NBA guy. I don't know, man. It's just Nick. I I was going to ask you because you you grew up in that era, and, and grew up with those are. people. I, I I would love to know. I don't know. I guess yeah. It's they, just... they, they, a 20 year old Nick fan barely remembers Jeremy Lin. Right. That's like 10 years ago. Was it yeah. 10? About yeah. Yeah. It was about 10 oh, years ago, uh-huh. right? yeah. It was 2011. Yeah. It was fucking 13 years ago. If you're a tw- if you're a 21 year old Nick fan getting drunk at Madison Square Garden, you don't remember. Yeah, Jeremy all you know Lin. is the R.J. Barrett era. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. that's your era that you know. You you don't even know the Knicks, <laughs> right. right? Like you don't even know the fucking Knicks. Yeah, no, they're I've I've been away from them for a while, but they're they're yeah they're they come back. See, animals. you get a text like yeah. that, and it, it all it all comes yeah. back to you. It all comes back to you. Yeah, I will one, say, I, I am reading. That, one, uh, that I'm reading one's a little the... older than twenty one. <laughs> that one's a little older than twenty one. <laughs> that uh, one I, saw some things. I, I will one... tell uh, your 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 friend there, the Knicks fan, that I am reading the uh, the uh, Blood in the Garden, uh, Nick, uh, the book about the nineties Knicks. It is very very good. Highly recommended. Uh, let's read that. Well, I'll tell you what. 
mystery Knicks fan, I will say this. Locked in for all 82. I can't knock a man who's locked in for all 82. That you, you, through, all, through all these horrible years, too. Locked in. So I, I do respect that. That is respectable. Yeah, so desperate. He's aping for Obi Toppin. You know what I mean? Trying to fight people about o- the respect of Obi Toppin. Desperate to fu- to grasp on to anything. <laughs> right, Kevin Knox and Obi Toppin and R.J. Barrett. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, just, you oh, know, they stink, God. right? Awful. And they've had, like, all these big-name coaches, Lenny Wilkins. Mike D'Antoni, like, you know Larry I mean? Brown. Yeah, you could go yes. You could go down the entire history of the Knicks. It's just, and it never <laughs> it's never worth. We're going to hire Phil Jackson as an executive. That'll work. Right. Nope, he's not even never here. Works. He doesn't even leave L.A. He just calls. Nope. He just calls. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. tired. Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Don Chaney yeah. at one point. I think they brought yeah. in. Oh, right. Don terrible. Nelson was there. They- Patino, Patino, I forgot about Patino, QB Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they hire Lenny Wilkins and he falls asleep on the bench. (laughs) Falls asleep. Now, now listen, he was a tired old man. He was a very old man at that point, a very old man. But that's the point. (laughs) They just throw anything against the wall to see if it'll stick. Derek Fisher. Knicks, I forgot they hired Derek Fisher too. Oh it's god, like, yeah, they Derek Fisher. Too. He's gonna add winning culture. <laughs> no, okay, never mind. They even tried like, they even tried like the 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 gritty, home homegrown. Like they tried Herb Williams. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like oh Herb Williams. You know, gritty backup on the Ewing teams. You know, ingrained in the culture of the city. They even tried that. They've tried everything. Everything. Nothing works, <laughs> but they're good now. They're having a good year, so good for them. They got to freeze another card. They got to freeze another fucking bingo ball in the fucking lottery. That's the only thing that's going to work, right? You think they froze the card for Stern? Oh God, yes. What do you... Oh, for you? Oh, you believe absolutely. in that? Oh, absolutely. You believe in that? Yeah. The frozen card theory. Something, something was weird about that. Yeah. Too good. The theory is too they, perfect. They put the theory is they put the Nick envelope in a freezer because in those days with the lottery. You pulled out the an envelope. Youngins out there, they put, yeah, they had envelopes with the logos inside or whatever. They didn't have the the fucking uh, lottery ball. They do lottery balls. They now don't anymore now. Well, they sort of do, they, but like they do it backstage. They do it like behind the. And then what happens is the uh, uh, Adam Silver comes up and he, he opens up envelopes and goes, "The number three pick goes to." Well, that matched the ball, the okay. Charlotte Hornets, and they go ah. <laughs> Back then, they just had envelopes. Right, right, right. The theory is that they had the Knicks envelope in a freezer all day so that when Stern put his hand in, he could feel around for the one that was cold, right? And pull out that Nick envelope. It's just too That's perfect. The, uh, just too perfect. The guy from the area, 1985 the on the Knicks as yeah. they're getting new TV deals, superstar, right. a, a future superstar. Hey, just like I'll say, Chicago Bulls got Derrick Rose with the number one. They, they, they got number one in the lottery when Derrick Rose is available. And I was like, at the time I was like, Oh, this is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I'll take it. I'm fine with it, but it's ridiculous. There's no way that that actually happened. So conspiracies. Yeah. Conspiracies. yeah. Sports Believe conspiracies are fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Remember what conspir- conspiracy used to be fun. Remember that? Remember those days? Yeah. There's a whole generation of people that don't understand that conspiracies used to be like a lot of fun. And now they're just awful. <laughs> well, there you see the problem is they're, conspiracies are attached to the wrong kind of people yeah so if, if you want to have fun with a conspiracy people think that you know you, there's a pizzeria you think <laughs> right you think a pizzeria is harboring child rape yeah right. or whatever yeah yeah right so you can't 
it, it's not even fun to get into it because you, you don't want to be misapplied to that. But um, speaking of things that are rigged, do you think the AEW rankings are rigged? Oh, Rich Craig, I don't rigged? know if these are on the up and up. Yeah, the rankings are back. Uh, and as we said, more importantly, the dumb and bad opinions about them uh, ha- have been released to the wild as well. Uh, I do think that these rankings are rigged, Joe. I, I'm starting to wonder here. Are these being used to advance storylines? Because I've been hearing a lot of people say, I don't know about these rankings. I feel like they're just being used to fit AEW's narrative. And Joe, ah. I agree. <laughs> I'm putting my, <laughs> I agree. Uh, you know, I, we're going to be conspiracy theorists on this show here. I agree. I think these rankings are being done to push AEW's agenda and storylines. No, I, you know, I think they're a shoot, Rich. Ugh. I think that they, uh, they, they take a look at all the facts and they make sure they line up everybody in the right order. I'm just saying, and, Joe, you know, I think it's Deanna Peraza is the number one contender for Tony Storm's women's title. Feels weird. Feels weird. Yeah, Swerve you know, Strickland and Hangman Page are one and two in the contenders. And then they just so happen to be facing off with each other next week in a number one contenders match. Don't love it. You know, that's really the disconnect with the rankings i love them and i'm glad they're back because you know for all the reasons we've talked about a million times i think they keep the booking honest i think you can build storylines off of them i think they're just another great booking device and to to have at your disposal the other reason i love the rankings is people whining crying and complaining (laughs) about the rankings i'm so glad it's my it's my new kink i i love it I love it so much. It's it's if, if people see people whining, complaining, and and shitting on the rankings, saying how much they hate them, please send everything to me because I can't get enough of it. It it pleases me greatly to watch people twist themselves into a pretzel over these dopey rankings. And I'm telling you what the disconnect is. These people who hate the rankings or think that they're stupid or they get in the way or they don't make sense or this and that, they're busy viewing them through the lens of being a shoot. Nothing in wrestling is a shoot. They're a work like everything else. They're just another way to tell the stories. And quite honestly, I think even knowing that, they're usually pretty fucking accurate anyway. They don't really fuck with them or manipulate them in a way that's that's blatantly bad. And that that's just because there's a lot of people who aren't sports fans who don't understand how, you know, rankings not based on winning percentage work. You know, and they're never going to understand. You can't, you're never going to be able to convince those people because they don't get it. But I looked at these rankings that Tony put out and I got to tell you, I, I didn't have any problems with them. I think they're really good. I mean, you look at the men's top five, right? Swerve and Hangman are one and two. They're both four and oh. Swerve's ahead of Hangman because he beat him twice. So it makes sense that he would be ahead of them. They're going to have a match next week on TV. And the winner is going to be the clear-cut number one contender. What the fuck could possibly be the problem with those rounds? Like, what's the problem? Right? You know, I heard someone complaining that Roderick Strong was number five. And it shouldn't be Roderick Strong. It should be Brian Danielson or it should be this guy or that guy. Who fucking cares? Who number five? Like, why? That's what I'm talking about when I say people get worked into a shoot with these things. And they're, like, trying to figure out who should be the fifth-ranked man instead of Roderick Strong. Instead of just looking at it as a booking device, Roderick Strong is getting an international title shot on the pay-per-view. So they ranked him number five so that they can say he's the number five. That's all. That's all. You'll get worked up about this kind of thing, which at least it's based on something. 
but you don't get worked up about how in all of 2023, AEW title contenders just came out of thin air and oftentimes didn't make sense. You don't get worked up about that. That's okay. But if there's a system in place that kind of makes it make more sense, you're mad about that. Isn't right. that backwards? Right. People just getting random title matches just because whatever, fuck you, that's why people have no problem with. But then, like, ah, this guy gets a title match because we ranked him number four in the rankings. That they have a problem with. And I think he shouldn't be fourth. I think this guy should be fourth. It's like, okay, but Willow Nightingale losing a number one contender match and then getting a title shot a week later. Right. That, was that aff- annoys me. That offends me. That anno- exactly. <laughs> right. And what the rankings do is eliminate that shit. Right, you can't do that. The Booker honest. The Booker can't do that anymore. The Booker can't take the cheap way out. The Booker can't be lazy. And that's just one example. Because if you listen to my TV reviews all of 2023, which weren't very kind to the company, okay, I complained about this shit all year long. They got rid of the rankings sometime in late 2022 or mid, whatever it was. It's not important when. 2023, they didn't have them, and we saw many instances of people getting these random title shots that didn't make any sense if you were paying any attention to the company. And that's the shit that bothers me. I don't like when one of the things that ran me off from WWE is the fucking Miz or whoever coming out and deciding that they're they're going to be a title contender. And then you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, they haven't won a TV match in six months. Why the fuck is this person a number one contender Jinder Mahal. all of a sudden? Jinder Mahal getting a title shot after... Jinder Mahal after, just after, happened. It just <laughs> After not happened. wrestling and never winning ever, he doesn't wrestle and he doesn't... In an, in an entire year. Yeah. That, that, as a fan, should piss you off. Not rankings that attempt to make sense of it. And keep the booker honest. Right? And give it a little bit of structure and something to follow. Because now we know that match next week, you know, is for the number one contender. And the thing about the rankings is if you don't like them and if you think Rich and I are full of shit and you just can't wrap your head around this, then you can just ignore them. What diff- How is this any different than before? Right? If Tony Schiavone tells you that, uh, you know, what? just pick anybody on the rankings. If Sting and Darby Allen are number one contenders of the tag team titles uh, and, and it, you, you don't – that's no different than looking at a list and seeing them as the number one contender to the tag team titles. Just ignore them then. It shouldn't affect your enjoyment of the company at all if these rankings exist because you don't have to acknowledge them as a fan if you think for some reason it's too confusing, which I can't understand why you would think it's confusing. Right. If it, if it blows your mind that Private Party is number four in the tag team rankings and it, it's ruining your enjoyment of AEW, I don't know what to tell you, but it's probably just going to be Tony Schiavone saying, oh, Private Party, number four in the tag team rankings of contenders, and then they're going to wrestle their match, and then it's going to be over. It doesn't really affect that much. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't understand. Like, you're looking for reasons to be upset. Ding, 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 ding. I think you got it. Yeah, you, you want to be upset about the rankings because I'm telling you, these people think it, the rankings should be like a shoot. They should be big. But you, what, you fail to understand their own work. It's just another storytelling device. And here's the other dumb thing I always see. It's not the only storytelling device. You can still do your convoluted storylines. You can still have champions randomly decide that they, they have a grudge with someone and they want to challenge. They want to, to face a certain contender. You can still do title eliminators if you want someone to jump the line for storyline purposes or to pop a rating or whatever. 
It's just one of many storyline devices. So why would anyone have a problem with them? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's not the letter of the law and they're not a shoot. There's not a real life committee using some kind of uh, statistical algorithm to decide how the people are ranked. And it's not going to get in the way of money matches or storylines. They're going to use it to create storylines. Like when Hangman Page was number one contender, got upset by Brian Cage and got and lost a title shot because of it. And then got a rematch with Cage down the line to get revenge. That was a storyline created out of the rankings. Okay. And I will take something like that over whatever the fuck it was MJF was doing all summer with Adam Cole. I, I mean, you know, so maybe it's just you want different things out of your rep, but you could do that and you could do both of those things. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Man. You love it though. I could hear it in your I voice. Love you I love it. Love them. I'm so happy they're back. No, you. I mean, you love I, the people getting upset about it. I could tell as you're complaining I do, about for it. That I could, I could, too. I could feel the palpable energy coming it. off of you. I, I love the people that complain about them. It fucking it, it, oh, it gives me a fucking it, boner. It, it comes from okay, it comes from a number of different ways. It comes from the fact that, like you said, it, it's not ironclad and just being used as a storyline device too. But even even so, like. You can tell these people know nothing about college or high school sports or combat sports or whatever because, yeah, we talked about it last week. Like, in college sports, sometimes the team has more wins than the other team, and they're ranked below that team. You know, it's just – that's kind of just it, – it, we all know it. Everybody that follows sports knows it. No, sports fans know don't what happens. lose you their what minds, happens. but it makes stories, and it makes it fun. You know what happens when there's a egregiously bad college football rankings or controversial college football rankings? You know what happens? People talk about it they nonstop. Fall. They own the headlines all week. People talk about it nonstop. It, for college football, they know it's a positive. Why do you think they release those fucking things on national TV now every, you know, whatever night of the week it is, once the rankings come out for the first time? Because all the talk shows the next day are going to talk about it nonstop the next day. You know, it's just you got to stop looking at it like it's a shoot. You got to stop looking to poke holes. You got to stop saying, hmm, John Silver and Alex Reynolds are ranked second. Let me go on cage match and, and, and figure out a way to say that that's wrong and dumb. Just, you know, you go on cage match, you're going to see that they're like 3-0 and because the year starts over every January. It's like a new season, so to speak, right? The 3-0. and they won a bunch of dark matches. Against... People can barely handle that, by the way, too. I idea. know. It's like crazy. Like, like you, okay. Can I explain that? You have to restart the records. <laughs> right. You can't have every NBA season start with, like, the Celtics. It's like, well, they, they had. Well, even in, okay. That'd be ridiculous. Think let, about that. Think about that. Well, here's what would be, here's, here's why they have to restart the records at some point every year and why January is fine. Okay. Um. Let's say I'm going to use a great example. Let me see if I can find this. Can you see if we can find on the AEW website? Okay. What is the AEWwrestling.com or yeah. something? Uh, AllEliteWrestling.com. What do you, what what do you need here? An, what is Daniel Garcia's all-time record? It should His be all-time record. I got it for you here. I am on their website right now. Daniel Garcia's all-time record is 49 and 50. 
All right, maybe he's not the best example. Who's a young wrestler who they're pro- what's Kyle Fletcher's Kyle Fletcher? Uh, all-time Let's record. see what Kyle Fletcher's all-time record is here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where is he? He is seventeen and seventeen. All right. How about Commander? <laughs> Commander. He oh, is, he's perfect. Commander he is five three. and twenty-three. Okay. That's my Huckleberry. He's never going to be able to catch okay. up to that if you don't restart the the rankings. Exactly. You know right where I'm going. Okay. Commander is not someone who Tony Khan is interested in pushing yet. Lee Moriarty is 28-33. You know, you could find other examples of guys who might have a little upside who Tony Khan at some point might desire to push. Okay. But they're young wrestlers. It's not the time yet. Nick Wayne is six and five. You know, you can go right down the line, but I think the perfect one is Commander. Commander's five and 23. Okay. He is a, a, a guy who has some upside. Maybe one day Tony Khan wants to push Commander. If you never reset the records, okay, and Commander goes on a 10 match winning streak on television, that's a big winning streak. Wouldn't you say, Rich? Oh, yeah. And he's. He's beating the top contenders, right? And he goes on this. Let's say that started tomorrow on fucking Rampage. He's 10, 10 straight wins. You can't rank him because he's still 15 and 23. It would be preposterous to then say, here's our number one contender. He's 15 and 23. But it wouldn't be preposterous to say, here's our number one contender. He's 11 and five because right now he's one and five in 2024. He's on a 10 match winning streak and he's 11 and five in this current season or whatever the fuck. That's why you have to reset the records every year at some point. It's not that big a deal because in pro wrestling, a guy might not get pushed for five years and he might not ever catch up and have a winning record. You can have a guy become a world champion and still have a losing record. Well, That's there's, plausible. There's, there's a great example from this week's Dynamite. Toa Leona uh, from the Mogul Embassy. They put, a, put him in a big spot with Hangman, gave him some spots, like clearly tried to push him as like, hey, there's a guy that could, you know, be a, yeah. make some moves in the future, could be a, a, make some noise in the future. Here we go. He's 8-19. and 19. It would be very difficult for him, and he's probably going to lose a bunch of matches until then uh, as well, until they're ready to push him. But there it is. Like, he's 8-19. and 19. He's, It's going to be very difficult for him to ever catch up <laughs> to, to that record. And yeah. that's just, that, it's fine. It's okay. You just, you know, you work around it. So you reset the right, yeah. No, you, yeah. you just, you, you know that in January, everybody gets a clean slate. It's a new, se- listen, is this any different? Than WWE the day after WrestleMania. Everyone knows that's like the start of the next year. Is it any different than New Japan New Year Dash on January 5th? Where everybody who follows the promotion knows that's like the unofficial start of the new year. The Wrestle Kingdom's the end of the previous year. New Year Dash is the start of the new year. WrestleMania is the end of the previous year. That Raw is the fresh start for the new year. The only difference here is we have some win-loss records and those other places, you know, they, they don't do that. And the fact that this winds all of these people up pleases me so greatly <laughs> that they, it's so confusing. I don't understand. It's stupid. No, you're stupid. It's very easy to understand. Simple. Couldn't be easier. I saw those rankings come out. They all made sense to me. 
John Silver and Alex Reynolds are the number two tag team. They haven't lost this year. Yeah, they beat Colt Cabana and and uh, Brandon Cutler a couple of times in dark matches, but dark matches count, and why the hell shouldn't they? If something happens in an AEW ring, it counts. And you know what, Rich? I love that. I love that. I don't like how in WWE, if it doesn't happen on Raw, SmackDown, or pay-per-view, it doesn't count. What is that bullshit? Everything should count. I buy a ticket. I watch John Silver and Alex Reynolds beat Colt Cabana and Brandon Cutler. Now I know it means a little something. I'm not just watching a throwaway match. It might not mean a ton. But you know what it means? It means John Silver and Alex Reynolds, at least for January, when things are fresh, they're the number two contenders. And guess who wrestled Big Bill and 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 uh, and, and Ricky Starks for Collision tomorrow, Rich? Hmm. John Silver and Alex hmm, Reynolds. Wow. So so again, so my conspiracy theory is right. Wins. My conspiracy theory is right. These these rankings are only being done to 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 fit their narratives and to fit their stories. Ah, I can't believe who it. wants that. I they're, can't believe they're it. Using these to create stories, ah. preposterous. I just want stories, stories to give it created out of thin air for no reason. That's how my wrestling is supposed to be. What they should do is go eat Chinese food with Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Yes. Complain it's, that it's, it's too owie, spicy. Owie too spicy. That's right. And then we got a mash. Right. After the trampoline gym, of course. Now, I will say those uh, six-man rankings are a little suspect. You know, he didn't put the records next to people like they used to do. No, I was a little disappointed by that. Around. I was a little disappointed by and that. You know why? You know, But, see, I should like that because that makes people say even stupider things. Right. So if the records were there, people might be like, oh, it makes sense. Everybody's undefeated. But without the records, people really show their ass when they complain about these. And I like nothing more than people complaining about these rankings. It just fuels me. I love it. I can't get enough of it. It like pleases me greatly when another person fails to understand these very simple rankings. One of our great uh, uh, chat room uh, guys, Jordan Smith, says, I can imagine anyone complaining about the rankings being too confusing, being the same people in infomercials that open a cabinet and everything falls out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. They go, ah. And he says, there has to be a better way. It's like, yeah, are you, are you having trouble organizing your Tupperware? And then, like, this guy opens his cabinet and they all fall on him and he goes, oh, man. It's like, introducing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to pick on Dave Meltzer here because he complained that John Silver and Alex Reynolds were uh, were ranked number two in the rankings, but that FTR weren't ranked at all. Well, if you would take a look at the month of January, mm-hmm. FTR has only wrestled one match. Yes. A match that they won, but they've only wrestled one match. And then they also lost a six-man match, and then won an elimination cage match. But in the tag team rankings, it would stand the reason that only that first tag team match on January 6th would count. Meanwhile, uh, as I noted, Silver and Reynolds, I believe they're 3-0 and on the on the month. So, um, you know, and, and these people can't have it both ways. Sometimes they'll complain. Oh, well, how come a team, how come a guy that's 7-4 and four is ranked ahead of a guy that's that's 9-0. and oh. doesn't make sense. You have to explain to these people that the strength of the schedule matters. Right? You have to explain that. But 
Now we have Dave here complaining the opposite direction. He's saying that the Beaver Boy wins aren't are dark matches and shouldn't outweigh the one FTR win. Well, which way is it? Are we doing winning percentage? Or are we doing, like, you can't complain both ways. And we hear that a lot, too, where, you know, again, looking for something to complain about. FTR is 1-0. Why should they be ranked? Right. Get a few wins. They'll be ranked. Get a few wins. They'll be ranked. They'll be ranked. It's January. By fucking April, FTR will be fucking 7-1, and and they'll be ranked every week. And the Beaver Boys will be, you know, 3-11, and and you'll never hear from them again. It's the first month. <laughs> Rich, I love these rankings. I, I would like nothing more <laughs> than to go through these rankings with a fine-tooth comb every single week and explain why they are all correct, right, and good. Sounds like I a good Patreon show. Sounds like a great Patreon show for you to do every week. Yeah, it does. It does, yeah. That wouldn't be annoying at all. And, you know, wouldn't fit my gimmick of finding something and just <laughs> that bear so annoying about it. it. Yeah. That even people who agree with me start to disagree with me because I'm so annoying about it. Like that would, that's, you know, so maybe that's a good idea. Joe explains why the rankings are right. That's what I'll title it. Every week. So it pops up on the little Twitter feed there and, and works everybody up. And uh, I will explain to you why the rankings are, are in fact perfect every single week. How about that? It's content. I'm a content creator. You are a content creator. You do that. Uh, Grant Akuma brings up a great uh, uh, example here in the uh, chat room as well. Now, New Japan doesn't do this. Uh, Grant Akuma. I haven't seen him in a chat in ages. Yeah, well, maybe he's always. I think think he's a lurker. I think he's a lurker. Okay. He plays the spots right. You know, he knows when to to make a big spot here and when to to do a a high spot. Batman understands rankings because he... He had Chikara tag tokens at times. You got to get, remember you had to earn the tokens. Goddamn right. You had to earn tokens. Yeah. Of all the places that got it, Chikara got it like the, the most right of anybody ever. Yes. Fist. Man was a proud member of Fist. Yes, he was a proud member of Fist. He says, uh, yes, imagine if New Japan Young Lions come back from excursion and had to overcome their Young Lion record before he could push them. Where Yota yeah. Suji right now yeah. is 131 and 325, so he'd need to be on quite the win streak to get back. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's at a, about a 200-match deficit, just a little under 200-match uh, deficit for Yota Suji before he could finally get pushed. But, yeah, that, that's, right. that's why you have to reset yeah. things and, and need to. You I'm know. looking up. I'm looking up Okada's record before he beat Tanahashi. Let's see. Oh, not good. Do not. Uh, he was not successful. Uh, let's see. I think it's going to be hard to do that. For Okada. No, it's easy. That. No, it's very easy. I'll have it in less than a minute. All right. Time me. All right. So let's do singles matches. New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're good. All right. Now go over to page three. Because remember, these New Japan guys don't wrestle a lot of singles matches, you know? So, um... All right, here we go. Kazuchika Okada. 0 and 1, 0 and 2, 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 0 and 5, 0 and 6, 0 and 7, 0 and 8, 0 and 9, 0 and 10, 0 and 11, 0 and 12, uh, 13, 14. Well, I didn't think you were going to... Uh, 1 and 14. 1 and 14. 14. Guys, subs win. 1 and 14. Uh, 2 and 14. He owns this... this uh, this youngster, Nobuo Yoshihashi. I wonder what oh, happened to him. Yeah. Uh, 2 and 14. Okay. 2 and 15, 2 and 16, 17, 18, 19. <laughs> it's it's uh, still going, huh? <laughs> 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 
three three and nineteen. When you said it was easy, I didn't think you were gonna just do all the numbers on the air. That's why. I, yeah, that's right. I knew it wasn't gonna be easy that you're just gonna sit here and say numbers for five minutes. Five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, five, five and twenty-seven, five and twenty-eight, six and twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, forty, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven and forty-eight. I hate this. Eight forty nine, eight fifty, fifty one, fifty two, fifty three, fifty four, fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven, fifty eight, uh, fifty nine. So it wasn't easy. Will you admit this wasn't easy? Uh, nine, nine, and nine, and nine, nine and fifty nine. Is that the final? He was. That's final. He was okay. nine and fifty nine when he beat Tanahashi. Nine and fifty nine. You got to reset the records, people. You can't flash that up on the screen and say number one contender with a record of nine and 59. You can't do it better yet, Rich. And here's circling back to my other point. He wouldn't be nine and 59 because you'd be forced to push him properly because you know, people are seeing the record. That's why. Was that under a minute, by the way? Uh, no, <laughs> it was not the, the initial, ah, here, I got it was under a minute and then I stopped counting and then you decided to count well, for <laughs> about a minute and a half. <laughs> and then, listen, so no, it did not. Listen, Mike Francesa is a multimillionaire and he has counted. He, that is on one thing that he is great to do. He is very good at counting many times yeah. where he just counts on the air and he just stops. Count- you don't you think he's done because it's silent, but he's counting in his head and then he's still counting. So, um, you know, I'm just following the greats. And he's the sports pope. Yeah, he's the pope. So he's the, he's the pope. So nine, nine and 59. And it landed on nine and 59. Which, which is, is perfect. perfect. Yeah, which is just, just, which just is perfect. perfect. All right. So. So that, that's it for the rankings. Uh, stay, uh, keep an eye out for uh, Joe Explains Why the AEW Rankings Are Right uh, coming up uh, to a podcast feed near you very, very soon. But uh, let's talk about AEW's uh, lineup next week for Dynamite. You got a pretty big lineup plus a major announcement. So they're going to be in Phoenix uh, next week. Uh, you got Chris Jericho versus Kanosuke Takeshita. You have Hechicero, uh, Mascara Dorada, Volador Jr. versus Blackpool Combat Club. Danielson, Claudio, and Moxley, six man tag. Ricky Starks and Big Bill defending the AEW World Tag Team titles against Darby Allen and Sting. And then Hangman Page versus Swerve for the number one contender of the AEW World title. Plus. A major announcement from Tony Khan. That's a big boy show there next week on Dynamite. So um, it looks like the announcement is going to be Monday as some news broke. I Someone contacted me this afternoon and told me that AEW had booked a show in Boston for March. And we then took a look at the schedule and the only open date is the March 13th dynamite. That's the only date that AEW hasn't announced for any of their television in March. So I, you know, I can't confirm it, but if it's this person's positive that AEW is running a show in March in Boston, it would have to be the dynamite on the 13th. So then later fightful reported or Andrew Zarian reported through fightful for some reason um, that, um, Monday is confirmed to be 
starting with AEW in March. So, look, Boston in March. Now we know Monday's starting in March. We know they've booked a building in Boston. It would all add up to it looks like Tony Khan's announcement could be that Monday is joining the company and that her first match is going to be March 13th. Dynamite in Boston, TD Guardian, TD Garden Arena. It's sure all all those clues add up to that. It really does. Yeah, so, it, it all kind of adds up, and it seems like everybody's ready to sort of confirm. It looks like from a lot of the news reports that everyone's ready to confirm that she's going to be there as far as the exact date and whatnot. That that like you you might have to do a little bit of sleuthing or a little bit of assuming to get there. Well, Zarian but... and Fightful flat out said she's starting in March. Okay, so no, that's what I mean. Like people saying about I mean like the actual date and the Boston thing, right. and if that's right. what his announcement is or whatever. But it does feel like at this point, the the band aid's been ripped off. She's coming to AEW, right? Like that. It feels like we're at that point now where people are, are all but saying it. He's signed. I mean, I can't confirm she's signed, but obviously she's signed. And um, like I said, they booked a date for March. I think the only reason they haven't announced the 313 date is because they've been planning all along to, to announce that date in Boston in conjunction with signing Mercedes Monet because she's from Boston and debuting her there in that huge building. That's a big building. So, yeah, that's where the Celtics and, and Bruins play. So, that's twenty thousand seat building. Oh yeah. So she'll so she'll be tested right out of the gate if that in fact is the announcement. So, it's sure uh, leaning that way. But uh, and then I think the Observer guys had that they were going to announce her Saturday, but then the Vince stuff happened and they didn't want it to get lost in the headlines. So. Um, they're going to do the big special announcement instead next week on Dynamite. Now, I also think that Dynamite is a very important Dynamite for Swerve Strickland. That is a long, that has been a long build between him and Hangman, a prominent build, a good build. And Hangman's a star who's a proven draw. And Swerve is a guy who they want to get to that level. So this is a big match by television standards. It's been built well. They've had good matches in the past. There's no excuses here. This match should pop a rating. There's strong stuff around it on the rest of the show. So it's not like isolated on a bad show. You've got the Tony Khan major announcement. You've got Jericho Takeshita. You've got the tag team title match. Rich, there's like not one mitigating factor to say why Swerve and Hangman shouldn't draw. That match should draw. And if it doesn't, I can tell you right now, they're not blaming the Hangman. So this is a big match the elevation of Swerve Strickland into that 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 air of being one of the legit top guys in the company. This match has to pop a number. Agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. No, it absolutely does. It has to deliver. I I, I think in ring it'll deliver. I have no doubt about that, given these guys' chemistry and given given you know what what these guys are capable of. But you're right; it needs to be a big money. It, it, it needs to it needs to draw attendance, and and I'll, we can check in with the numbers here in a minute. I'll, I'll look them up, and it needs to draw ratings as well. And and they've done a good job of of telling you that this is a very important uh, episode of Dynamite. But yeah, it's a matter of if those people are going to show up, and and we can't uh, we can't come on here and talk about them having you know their their 818,000 or whatever it's got to be a little bit bigger than that got to be a little bit higher than that it's got to it's got to tick up a little bit cuz this is a that's a pay-per-view level match again you know it, it, not necessarily maybe for the number well one contenders built. but but Page and, and Swerve we've seen that on pay-per-views it's a pay-per-view level match been well built uh, all it makes all the sense in the world that this should matter and should be something that 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 does draw so um we'll see but i i, I agree this is a big big moment for um a big like you said Swerve cuz cuz 
Page is a made guy. We we know what Page has got. We know what he's made of. But uh, yeah, as far as um, I've swerved, this could be a big uh, spot for him. And it does look like it is moving a decent amount of tickets right now. The current setup is 5,205 as uh, per Russell Ticks, by the way, patreon.com slash Russell Ticks. Uh, distributed is 4,066. There's still about 1,000 tickets available uh, right now, but they have sold about 500 since they last updated six days ago. And now that the full card is out there, you would hope that you get the whole building or what you're set up for. You know, I mean, the 5,000, you should be able to hopefully get somewhere around there. It's going to be the strongest dynamite number in a long time as far as attendance goes. So, you know, I expect a loaded show like that should should do a rating. I mean, this week they did 818 and a .26. They have to beat that. I, there's no excuse. Oh, they have, to, they have to destroy it. They I mean, have not to destroy that, it, you know, but, but they has to beat that handedly. It, it should beat it very it. much. It should very much beat it. Not even be neck and neck yeah, or close or, 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 or anything. It should beat it by a, a, a good amount. The Tony Khan announcements always pop a quarter. And I think that that main event should pop a quarter and everything else on the show is strong. You know, I think the Sting title challenge is a really strong match. You know, so I think um, you open with one of those things, you put one at the top of the hour and you close with one of those. Those are the three. I think the tag, the Sting title match. I'd start with the Sting the, tag match. That's what I would do, I think. Yeah, and the announcement and, and then Hangman Swerve. Those are your, those get the three key quarters if I'm running things. You know, but the rest of it's strong too. Jericho Takeshita is strong. What's the other match? It's uh, the, the, the CMLL versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, which is a very strong match. They might open with that, but um, yeah, it's, you know this this show has to do a number. This would be this is one of those dynamites that has to pop a number, or it's it's just it's extremely. Sometimes you don't pop a number. It's like all right, whatever. It's like like this week's show. Look at that lineup. I mean, yeah, you know, that, I that, that rating that was what all. that lineup deserved. It was fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with the rating. It's like, but this week has to pop a number. Now there's people in the chat saying that they should do the punk thing where they just announce that the Boston show and then hint at money. I wouldn't do that. I don't think that's a good idea. She's not that level. She's not CM Punk coming back after seven years, guys. That's she wasn't she CM Punk before she left either. I mean, yeah, correct. So it's like, I don't do it that way. I come out if, I, if if that in fact is the announcement, if she signed and that and this is the bundle announcement that I think it might be. I announced that I have signed her. I announced that her debut is in six weeks or whatever it is in TD Garden Arena in Boston, Massachusetts. Get your tickets now before they're gone. And I push that shit for six weeks and I scream her name on every episode of television. I don't. I don't get cute. I'm not getting cute with this one. No, you you could you could play around with the punk thing because you knew what that was going to do, and you knew that people were going to know what was going on, and that people were going to. I mean, it's it's punk. After all that, I mean, he became a bigger star away from wrestling because he was away from wrestling. You know what I mean? Like that that that, that, that was one of the great moments in modern wrestling history. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't recreate that with. with, with I don't think these money. things are equate. I I don't think they equate. Now look, you know, Okada. Hasn't signed yet. Maybe you fold him and make it, a, you know, announce you signed both of them and they're both debuting. When's his last? Those matches are in February. Those matches those are in February. Shows. Yeah, yeah. So he he's officially you know, done so, now. But So you could announce him now if you needed to, but he's got those matches in February, but that's fine. You debut him in March, no, that's yeah, those fine. Those are as a freelancer. Those are freelancer matches. Yeah. He He can sign with any company he wants and he can wrestle in any company he wants tomorrow. Okay. He's and on he's, rampage. I'm saying. <laughs> he's on. Are you are you officially declaring that he is on rampage this week? No, no. I'm sorry. Collision because they would already taped rampage. We would yes. know that. 
Don't aggregate me. Don't aggregate me. No, but the the he can sign and show up. At, but the thing is, maybe he doesn't want to fly back and forth from Japan, United States. So, but if if you you know if you really want to get crazy, maybe he debuts both of them in Boston and fills that fucker up. You know, and makes it a huge dynamite. Look, we knew Tony had shit up his sleeve the way he's been tweeting. We've been talking about this, Rich. It's going to be a great 2024. He's been puffy chested. He's been very yes. puffy. Yeah. And we know, how he, look, we have a good read on this guy by now, after all these years. he We knew he had something up his sleeve. The question is, how much does he have up his sleeve? Someone told me today, not today, someone told me, I can't even keep track of the days. Someone told me, and I quote, Tony Khan will not be outbid for Okada, end quote. Simple state. He will not be outbid. He might not get Okada. Please understand what I'm saying. But he will not be outbid for Okada. If Okada goes to WWE, he's taking the lesser money offer. Because Tony Khan is not going to be outbid for Okada. So we'll see. If it's all about money for the Rainmaker, he's going to be in AEW. So, you know. But I do think... My gut is telling me the announcement is going to be we've signed Mercedes Monet, who they were going to announce last week, allegedly. And you can come see her in Boston in six weeks. Get your tickets now. Yeah. That's what I think it's going to be. We'll see. But uh, it's a big boy dynamite. So um, we'll. Uh, people have been asking, are you guys going to do an instant reaction live for it? We don't know just yet. We'll see what uh, schedules play out. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, eh. Listen. Wouldn't mind. Not to bury the captain. But it's really up to him. I have to review it either way. So it's, you know. The the, the problem is I have to watch it live and I never watch it live. That's right. the only thing. It kind of changes. But, yeah, it changes when we watch that show because I don't watch it live either. Yeah, if we do it, I just got to watch it live. That's all. Which but it's, means... it's a big boy show. It's a big boy show. Usually I, I, I reserve these for it the is. ones that they brand. You know, winter is coming, uh, whatever, you know, th- th- those sort of things. I, I'll usually do those. But I don't know. It's a big boy show. So we'll, we'll uh... see. We'll see. You know, I like, I like to watch it after everyone goes to bed. I like to cook dinner, you know, for my wife and everything, typically on a weekday, you know. Um, but, you know, I could order a pizza. You know, I can make it work. <laughs> Get some wings, get some wings in there, and and watch it. Yeah, hand her a microwave meal. Here, tonight you're having a smart one. Enjoy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) a Swanson's. They don't make Swanson's anymore, do they? Bon appetit. Yeah. No, she likes those smart ones. Oh, because they're like a hundred. They're like eighty. They're like six hundred calories or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's like chicken Alfredo, and somehow it's sixty calories. You're like, how the fuck? (laughs) This can't be good. What is in this? There's nothing resembling food in this thing. It's just there's no Alfredo. Like, there's no way. That's one of the fattiest sauces on earth. How's it, how is this 60 calories? What does this consist of? <laughs> yeah. Something you probably shouldn't be eating, right? Yeah, whatever devil. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at their uh, their their chicken fettuccine is 300 calories. Get out of here. Get how's out of here. How, do you, how is their chicken and also fettuccine? <laughs> Alfredo. Like, no, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here with that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Or, you know, I... My my other move too when I when I know I got something coming up in the week and I don't want to I know there's a night where it's going to be tricky to cook. What I'll do is make a huge pasta dinner the night before, mm. so and I then it's leftovers it. for the yeah. next two days. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. that never all gets eaten in one day. Pound of fucking pasta, you know, twenty meatballs, package <laughs> of sausage, you know. So yeah, I could pull that move too. That's the gift so that we'll keeps on giving. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll but, get uh... discussed. People have asked, and we know. We hear you. 
we hear you. We got you. But um, now we'll see what ends up happening with that. Uh, Joe, we are on the road to WrestleMania. Michael Cole squealed that at me oh, no. uh, during the Royal Rumble. And oh, uh, no. with that means we are on the road to WrestleMania weekend as well. And uh, I talked about it at the top of the show. You have disowned WrestleMania weekend several years ago. You decided this, this thing is shit. This is dumb. I don't like this anymore. It's awful. I wish you would stop talking about it. I wish you'd stop previewing it on this podcast. I wish we could just ignore it all the way. But we don't. And we can't. But maybe we should. And I've always said that, uh, that, that Voices of Wrestling, this podcast, we cover WrestleMania weekend like nobody else. We do it better than anybody else. I might have to give it up this year. I think it's over. I think it's officially done wow. and dead and buried and never needs to be spoken about ever again. I'm not doing the, so, uh, the preview podcast I usually do. No, those are audio. done. Those are done. I'm done. I can't do them this year. I can't do them this year. You're out? I can't do them this year. You're out. You're tapping out. You're I'm out. tapping out. I can do I can do one very long episode where where I preview this stuff. I'm not doing the the gimmick we've done over the last couple of years where I'll bring on a various voices of wrestling contributors and they'll help me preview the different shows. And it takes like 14 hours to record all these episodes of audio and put them all together and ends up being a four-part, nine-hour, gigantic WrestleMania weekend preview. Done. Not doing it. This this weekend doesn't deserve yeah. it. These promoters don't deserve it. Maybe one of oh. these years I'll get a thank you from one of them, but I haven't yet. Oh, So, uh, no, I'm done. I'm done. Get someone else to talk about your dumb shows. I'm out. Not so secretly sassy. Nah, I'm out. Um, Gringo Loco, he thanked me. He's a good one. But everybody else. Yeah, Gringo Loco. Shout out. Good man. Hey, Blue Meanie, too. Yeah, Blue Meanie. Blue Meanie and Gringo Loco, the only two guys that have ever uh, said thank you. Blue Meanie, classy gent. Always respected him. The rest of these guys. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he's one of those Philly dudes who would drive to Memphis. To go to the Saturday to go to the uh, Saturday TVs and the Monday Coliseum shows as like a teenager. Really, that's awesome. I yeah, there's a whole group in them. I think he was one of them. But if he wasn't, I'm giving him some fake cloud. Yeah, that's anyway. fine. Yeah, he so. deserves it. That's yeah, blooming. He deserves. It. He was nice. He was nice in the DMs yeah. this week. Getting a getting a. How how long is it from Philly to Memphis? Let's see how long that, that cannot drive is. be. I mean, shit. For probably not as long as you think. Really, because for me to Memphis is, but I guess Memphis is probably further a lot further east than i'm giving it credit for i've actually never driven to memphis i've always wanted i'll to, look it up you guess and i'll look it up philly to memphis i'm gonna say that is seven hours how long seven well no hold on a minute give me nine give me nine hours it's 15 holy shit okay it was longer than I thought. Because <laughs> I was going to say, gotta, I think it's eight from Chicago to Memphis. Memphis is on the other side of Tennessee. Yeah. Like, oh, near yeah. Arkansas, yeah. Right across the river from Arkansas. Right right by Mississippi. Yeah, I say Knoxville. Yeah, that's a lot of, yeah. that's a lot of hours. That's that's a couple hours even away from Knoxville. So, yeah, that's going to be a while. That's a long-ass drive, man. Shit. Good for, good yep. for him they if he was doing that. They used to make it, though. They used to make it. I'll, I'll find out exactly who they were by next week because there was that whole group of Philly guys. Who then later on, you know, became ECW guys. You know what I mean? That's fucking nuts. Um, yeah, it's shorter for me. It's it's about nine hours to Memphis for me, and that makes sense because when I when I moved here, I did the drive in two days, and we stopped in Memphis to go, to do Memphis shit, slept there, and then made the rest of the trip the next day. So that makes sense. About fifteen hours to get there, sixteen for me, giving me another, and then you know the next day we was a straight shot. So eight hours is. Nine hours pushed it. 
I tried to do Louisiana. I tried to do New Orleans that one year, drive there and drive back oh, the same I day. And I, that. Yeah, that didn't I go couldn't well. do it. I had to stop and sleep. I had to stop and sleep. I couldn't do it. On the way back, I was just falling asleep. Um, and that's a shorter drive. So anyway, um, what the hell are we talking about? Oh, WrestleMania weekend and how bad it is. It's All right, so you're not doing it's the terrible. previews. I'm not doing the previews. Well, it's... well, I do the thing where I hunker down, watch every single show, and then do audio every night. I, I, you know what? Um, I will still do that. I think reacting to these shows is fine, and I still want to commit to doing that. I know we split it up a little bit last year. I'm fine still doing that. If you, if you're did down, we? I thought I did all of it. No, I did DDT and a few other shows that you 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 said I'm going to do all these, and then I I said, hey, which ones are you not going to do? And I'll I'll try to watch those. So I did like a DDT right, show we... and a couple other ones. So, well, let's do that. You want to commit to that, or are they so bad you can't even commit to that? Well. <laughs> When we get closer to the weekend, we can uh, we can discuss. Actually, that hold further. on. Maybe I don't want to commit. To I, because... Yeah, yeah. I think you want to. Uh, yeah, I think you might want to. Uh, I think you might want to rethink that. It's uh, it's all right. Well, how bad are these? Uh, walk walk me through it because right. I haven't even looked at it. Because you know what's amazing? It's a WrestleMania weekend in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Which, if this were five years ago. You'd be there. Right. Pre-pandemic for sure. Fuck, man. I, I'd so be there because I could just drive back and forth every day. Wouldn't need a hotel. You know? It'd be a lock. I'm not even considering going. At no points did you consider it's going to this. It's not even a thought in my brain that I'm considering going to this. So that should tell you all you need to know. And I haven't even really looked at the schedule. I can only assume... Game Changer Wrestling has about 18 shows, and there's 45 ECW reunions. <laughs> there is a lot of ECW uh, tribute shows. Uh, we, we of course, do the schedule at VoicesWrestling.com thanks to uh, Griffin Peltier, who does a great job compiling that list. He has committed to trying to review as many of these things as well, written reviews uh, at VoicesOfWrestling.com. So God bless him. But, uh, yeah, so first off, it starts on Monday, by the way, with H2O Wrestling. Oh, it's now, me. yeah, and that's on that's on independentwrestling.tv in in Williamstown, well, New Jersey. So I don't know if you're counting that as Philly. I don't know my New Jersey to Philly and where Wait, where, where is it? Uh, Williamstown, New Jersey. Yeah, that's that's fake. That's fake South Jersey. Okay, all right, all right. Because I I don't know where Williams- I me I don't know where the where it where it lies. I don't really get the East Coast geography all that well. But uh, there you go. So it starts on Monday. It, well, Williamstown. Am I thinking of the right place here? Um, let me Google this shit. I don't think I've ever heard. Okay, that is a fucking hike. So is that it's is that a Philly. loose? That's a loose Philly. It's like halfway between Philly and Atlantic City. It's not like right across the river. If that's what people are thinking, that is in like that's in the part of New Jersey where people from New Jersey don't consider you from New Jersey, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it's like too rural or what is it? What's the deal? Yeah, because that there there's the South. Okay. South Jersey. That's away from the ocean and closer to Pennsylvania. That part of South Jersey is fake Jersey. Like if you say you're from Cumberland County, we're just like, Oh, you're not really from New Jersey. I don't want to talk to you. you like, you don't count. Like people haven't even heard of the towns down there. Like those people watch NASCAR. Does that make sense now? Yeah, yeah I got like, because NASCAR is not like a northern thing at all. Like, but though they're kind of like Delaware people. I'll leave it at that. You know, they're they're not. 
you might even you might even catch some Confederate flags in that part of Jersey. I got you. Yeah, there's, there's parts of Michigan that yeah yeah you, you drive through and you're you're very uh, parts of Illinois, parts of Illinois, parts of Michigan, parts of any any town that's uh yeah. So if someone's like, oh, I'm from Bridgeton, you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> right. We we have nothing in common. Like, you know, you like might be an Orioles fan or something. You know, like I don't have nothing in common with you. Anyway, yeah. So so you got back to back. Like, you got Monday and Tuesday H two O wrestling. They don't have anything announced, so don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about there. Um, then we start in earnest on Wednesday with Labor and Love and Sean Henderson presents Wrestle John. And there's nothing on there. Don't worry about it. Mike Bailey versus Paul London. Does that work for you? That's Tuesday. That's Wednesday. That's Wednesday. Where is it airing? It is airing. Yes, independentwrestling.tv. We got to cover this shit. What'd you say Tuesday was? Tuesday's the H2O wrestling thing. We can. That, I that's, that was Monday. That, no, Monday. they're Monday and Tuesday. Monday, the Hustle Cup number four is on oh, Tuesday, oh. and Monday Night Death Volume Five is on Monday. Are they marketing that as WrestleMania weekend? I don't know if they are or we are, but you know what? That's like. Well, actually, real... you know what? You know what? They, I think they are because the H2O Wrestling Center is hosting a lot of WrestleMania weekend stuff, including on Wednesday, April 3rd, Intergender Bonanza 19 Cream Mania. I know oh, you're no. ready for that one. Oh, God. Marcus Mathers versus Effie the, for the IGB Super Title. Starting us off. It's not even intergender. I, look, I don't know. Talk to intergender bananas and nineteen cream mania. I don't fucking know. Thursday, Defy. They don't have anything announced. Move if on. If I go to intergender <laughs> cream mania, I expect an intergender match. Well, you get top. Marcus Mathers and Effie, and 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 you enjoy it. Well, I don't enjoy it. Okay. Let's you know, you can't make me enjoy it, Rich. Labor of Love and Sean Henderson presents Euphoria. That's on 1 p.m. on Thursday. Stardom. They're there. So at least we got a big big promotion there on Thursday. Stardom. Stardom. Yeah, nothing announced. American Dream 2024. Nothing announced. 2300 Arena. Who's, whose venue are they running? Uh, 2300. They're in the 2300. So who has the... Who's got that venue? Um, WrestleCon does, right? Uh, WrestleCon. WrestleCon. WrestleCon is twenty. Yeah, WrestleCon. Thank God. Thank God. What did what did what did game what venue did Game Changer? Get? Game Changer is going to be at the Auditorium at Penn's Landing Caterers. Ah, the world famous Auditorium <laughs> at Penn's Landing Caterers. Okay, <laughs> right. Did you and your I'm friends drive I'm, to I'm, the I'm, uh, I'm, the I'm Auditorium at at Penn's Three. Landing Caterers or no? I never no never took a trip there in my youth. No, okay. Um, Christopher Columbus Boulevard, by the way. Christopher Columbus Boulevard. In Philly. In Philly, yeah. So, Stardom's affiliated with WrestleCon. Correct. So, our boy Viper's going to book some Stardom matches for the Hitchcock show, right? Probably. Probably, yeah. So far, that one has... Mystico, right? Scheduled to appear Mystico, Rob Van Dam, Masato Tanaka, Mike Bailey, Savio Vega, Jose Estrada, Miguel Perez Jr., and Hurricane Castillo Jr., yeah, that's interesting. Getting the Puerto Ricans up there, huh? I, I, is right. that the is that the market where it's like, all right, look, we can't do. There's no old white dudes anymore. Nobody cares anymore. We've exhausted the ECW people. Fine, let's go with Los Periquas. <laughs> that's the nostalgia. Why are you we're going smirching? For? 1993 ECW legend Miguel Perez Jr. You're right. He was an ECW legend. Why are you doing that? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, that's right smack where November is right now, and he's tearing it up. By the way. You may continue. Um, yes, yeah, so you got Russell Khan. You got 
five star wrestling and they're they're running the monster factory the monster factory's got a bunch of stuff going on that weekend as well Makes um sense. ddt is going to be there they're they're with uh, gcw as usual you got uh, Action Wrestling and Skona Kaeda with their uh, Dean show. That should be pretty good. That that one will be, have some care to it and some thought into it. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, What's we, it go head-to-head with? That one goes head-to-head with DDT. I'll watch Dean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, WrestleCon, the, the Super Show is at 7 as well. So And, and Dean's at 8. So there, you're, you're going to have a little oh, bit of... Oh, so it goes against WrestleCon. You're going to have a little bit of a tough one there. <laughs> You know, the worst thing about these newfangled WrestleMania weekends is there's like three good shows and they always go head to head. Right. And then the rest of the, sh- and the rest of the weekend is dog shit that you're just nothing's on. Yes. It's infuriating because I have to have audio up. Jersey Championship Wrestling uh, is back again. GC- uh, JCW and GCW versus the world this time. Remember last year there was that Jersey Championship Wrestling versus GCW show that you buried. Uh, now they're uh, teaming together to face the, the world. <laughs> uh, that was last year, unfortunately. Yeah, and no one, no, the, the, the 18 people there didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> right, they tried to play like Jersey Championship Wrestling angles and stuff, and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Uh, Friday, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro is there. They're linked up with, uh, with with GCW, obviously, with the DDT connection there. Yeah. Battleground Championship Wrestling. Now, this is the one you were looking for. Battleground Championship Wrestling, Born to Die, 1 p.m. at the 2300 Arena. They got a full-ass show, man, all announced. Now, the problem is the main event is Brian that- Kendrick versus Lince Dorado. Oh, I thought it was a death match. That's not a death match promotion. No, it's not. Battleground it's not. is not. Battleground's not. No. That's the main event. That's the main event. That's the world. I mean, it's title a nice shot. little match. Nice, right? little, it's a nice match. little match. Right. I, I you know. That, that's the state of this sure weekend. It'll be pretty good. That's the state of this weekend right now. Brian Kendrick, Lindsay Dorado is your main event for that one. Uh, Progress. Uh, they're they're coming for some fucking reason. Chapter 165, Freedom Walks Again. They have announced so far Session of Martina versus TVA. That's all we got. <laughs> Buy your tickets now. <laughs> I hope it's uh I hope it's Gene Money. I hope it's I hope it's Gene Money with the tape over his tits. That's who I hope it is against uh Session Moth Martina. Uh Wrestling Revolver and House of Glory are gonna be there. They're they're running at the Trinity Center for Urban Youth. And uh, I won't lie, they actually have a pretty good card. This is actually a show that I'm looking forward to. Uh Mustafa Ali and Amazing Red will be facing off with each other. And then for the House of Glory title and the Rev- the revolver title, Santana versus Alex Shelley. So that's all right. I'll take that one. That looks good. Um, I know it's early. Does Mustafa Ali have a lot of bookings? Because he could be the wrestler of the week. He right? has, Joe. He has one booking so far against Amazing Red at Wrestling Revolver House of Glory. A lot of these shows don't have lineups. Though, no, so. nobody's got anything. We're, we're And we're not that far away. So I think we need to start getting things going a little bit, guys. Because I'm not going to lie. There's not a whole lot going on here. Uh, Joey Janela Spring Break 8 is back. Uh, or, uh, spring Break is back with their 8th. Uh, they got Masato Tanaka and Minoru Suzuki versus Rina Yamashita and Masha Slamovich. No, thank you. Not interested. Oh, my God. That sucks. What a waste of Masato Tanaka. What a waste of Masato Tanaka and Minoru Suzuki. Just an absolute utter waste. Gross. Then you got the show for you, Joe. The uh, You got to sponsor this. I think Joe Vember to remember has to sponsor this one. Battleground Championship Wrestling, a tribute to Extreme 2. 
I guess they did another one some other time. Uh, Tajiri versus Super Crazy. Too Cold Scorpio versus Juventud Guerrera. Al Snow versus Shane Douglas with Francine. Team 3D, Bully Ray and Devon versus Atsushi Onita and TBA. Street Fight, Dabaldis versus the Pitbull Revolution. And a mystery special guest referee of Bill Alfonso versus Joel Gertner. Now that's a WrestleMania weekend show. What's the... Uh... What's the date on that show? That show is going to be on the Friday, April 5th. Friday, April 5th at 7 p.m. I'll pretend you said the 18th. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it? Is that him? You I didn't know that was him. Rich. Damn it. They continue. <laughs> Damn it. The one show I got excited about, Joe. God damn it. All right. Uh Man, for the culture's back is at eleven fifty nine p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> I think it's the worst time. Oh, great, great slot for for the culture. <laughs> right. That one year they give it the good slot, and then every time otherwise, like no, 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 yeah, for the culture. You guys are on it. Uh, we're gonna run late. Our prior five shows are all gonna run really late, so uh, you guys can start. I don't know, like one fifteen a.m. and yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. yeah, but like last year, that show sucked though. Like, yeah, it was not they good. dropped yeah, the ball yeah, on yeah, it real yeah. bad. You know, like, so I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch is back. Uh, I would assume that's uh, around 11 a.m. That is 11 a.m. on Saturday, April 6th. Kaiju... See, that's a brunch. That that's is a brunch. brunch. That is brunch. You got it. You got to schedule. And they always do right there at 11 a.m. R.I.P. Pancakes and pile drivers, though, including the one year where they didn't have pancakes. <laughs> but uh, that's all right. Right. Yeah, the year I was there. I <laughs> right. You didn't go to that show, though, right? Wanted some fucking pancakes. I did go to. Oh, you did go to that show. You didn't get any fucking pancakes, right? I didn't get any pancakes. That was in uh, New York. I went to the one in New York. I don't think it had pancakes. I don't know. No, I think that was the famous one that did not have pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kaiju Big Battle is coming, but this is all wrong. Saturday, April 6th at noon, Kaiju Big Battle. You cannot watch Kaiju Big Battle at noon. Why that is not is a in, noon show? What yeah, are we doing that's here? That's the midnight show. That's, that's the, midnight the midnight show. show. That's you're either delirious for the or you're high or you're drunk. You can't you can't be of right mind and watch Kaiju Big Battle. You're gonna miss the point. Yeah. But regardless. Like, for the culture should be at noon and right. Kaiju Big Battle should be. I don't know if it's the same venue though. Same promoters. Uh, j- uh, Clusterfuck Forever. Joey, J- Joey Janelle is doing a uh, Joey Janelle Spring Break Clusterfuck Forever match. It is uh, 88 men are going to be in this Clusterfuck match. So that's the whole show. Yeah, I, I assume so. I think though, he's going to get those Ugandan kids in here now. He can. better. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? We can make that happen. We can. That's from, right up Joey's alley. We could Ugandan absolutely kids. make that happen. It would not take that long. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely. <laughs> if I send him this match tonight, yeah, we can get those guys look, booked by the end of February for sure. No, well, Jan- Janelli's on. J- Janelli, Janella is on top ah, of Jelly everything. Nutella. He- <laughs> yeah, rah, rah, yeah. he's fat. Right? Hor, hor. Um, <laughs> Janella's on top of it, so that that match will come across his desk. But yeah. you probably should just. Send I'm just going to send it to him anyway and get these guys booked and on a flight ready to go because those guys will be there for sure. I mean, before before Great Power Uti killed his wife. Um, <laughs> Why did I laugh? Why did I laugh at that? I should laugh at that. We were going to go to that. We were going to go to that estate. I was going to be at that estate with you. I know. We were going to go swim in his pool. Remember? He asked us to come over. Yeah. He said, I'll show you my sports cars and you can swim in my pool. And I was like, that sounds like a you great and I time. looked at each other. Yeah. Right? You and I talked about it. And I was like, I mean, it says no. I'm not saying no. <laughs> yeah. 
you know? But then what people don't know is we nearly brokered him into a clusterfuck. Yes. We nearly brokered that. But then um, they found the remains of his wife in his closet. So um, I wouldn't hold your breath on. Uh... He could be in prison for all we know. I Yeah, we haven't heard from the uh, the power Uti in, in a while. No. So I, uh, yeah. I was going to say I hope he does. He's doing well, but I don't, I don't know. I guess it depends what the result of the uh, investigation 88 was. man clusterfuck is a very specific number how does he know he's gonna book exactly 88 guys you know what i mean like i don't why'd he pick that number it's weird why not 100 why not 75 i don't know strange uh then sunday you got spark joshi ruthless pro wrestling i don't know what the hell that is but ruthless pro wrestling yeah there's a lot of stuff here and yeah well sunday huh we gotta do it we doing anything after Mania on Sunday? Uh, after Mania on Sunday. So the clusterfuck is after Mania on Saturday. After Mania on Sunday, no, everyone's done. When's spring break? Thursday? Spring break is on... Scrolling, 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 scrolling. That is on Friday. That's on Friday. All right. Friday When's uh, So so are we going to do Supercard of Honor? Is there going to be Supercard? Uh, nothing announced just yet. So hopefully that's not the major announcement because that would be a bit of a bummer if he's like, I know you've all been wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been um, on everyone's mind. It's been rumored about. Everyone's going to the dirt sheets and talking about it. Yes, ROH Supercard of Honor will be at WrestleMania weekend this week. Thank you very much. I wonder much, where you know. he'd run. I wonder where he'd run. Maybe Trenton. That little building in Trenton. That WWE used to do house shows in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the may, listen. Get the palestra, right? College basketball cathedral, or maybe uh, do that. Do that building on Temple's campus. The whatever the fuck that's called. There's They've places. done that before, right? Didn't they do that one before? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. No. Yeah. Well, we'll that's find out. I mean, that'll. <laughs> so. Yeah, the the Lacarius Center or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's the right. That's building. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They've done that one for a while. So hopefully they run. That'll beef it up a little, right? It needs it. Not a lot of matches. I went through the entire list there, and I'm not going through all the matches. And I missed some of the shows. I went through the entire list earlier today to tr- pick out the matches that I that are my favorite. And I had Ali versus Amazing Red, and then the Team 3D versus Onita and TBA. And I know that the Team 3D versus Onita match is going to suck. I just kind of want to see it. That's it. Yeah, I could. I could. I don't need the rest of it. I got no need for. I don't know. It didn't sound as dire as you made it out to be. I also. Um, well, here you want me to name all the shows? I didn't name all the shows, sir. No, 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 no. Please don't. Um, <laughs> I can name my... all of the shows. I skipped. <laughs> you, those were the highlights. <laughs> I gave you the highlights, sir. Um, my expectations are on the floor, though. I mean, so there, there's that, too. But, yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of... Combat Fights Unlimited, stuff. Fight Night, No Escape, Eat the Turnbuckle, The oh, Final boy. Battle Royal, Bloodbath, Five Star Wrestling, We Are Five Star. Progress. I already did progress. I buried them. All for One, The Wrestling Independent. All for One, Pro Wrestling 1CW. All for One, Three Legacies Wrestling. ICW No Holds Barred 61 International Death Summit. All for One, Atlantic All-Star Wrestling. Are you done? Have you decided? The Anthology, Thrash Alvania. Uh, NXT stand and deliver. <laughs> Combat um, zones running. Not we don't know what time or where they are, or what they're doing, but they're CZW. running. <laughs> we, CZW. They haven't announced a CZW. date or a time. 
<laughs> or a location, but God damn it, they're running, I guess. All Spark right. Josie, Trailblaze 2024, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, Mia Sma or something. I don't know. Fuck off. Who cares? <sighs> and then you got WrestleMania in there. Big Dan Champion's 40th birthday bash. Dr. Fisher's Medical Weight Loss and Aesthetic Centers presents Meanie Mania. Cheap Heat Live. Wrestling Nightclub Philadelphia 21 Plus. Wally Mania. Jeff Hardy in concert. <laughs> Are you good? Do you need more? Jeff Hardy in concert. The Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Live 19 in Philly. Ready to Rumble. A wrestling themed dance party and hangout. What? Jimmy's Famous Seafoods, The Tail Goat, Philly Tailgates, WrestleMania XL Night One Tailgate, The Laughs Fans, Bozos, Biceps, and Bullshit Brunch, Jimmy's Seafoods Tail Goat Number Two. <laughs> you good? Oh, two Jimmy's Seafood Tailgates. <laughs> goats. Tail Goats. Tail Goats. Tail Goats. Thank you. Ah, uh, you know, a little steak and lobster. You're getting hot dogs. Fucker, they ain't bringing lobster. The tailgate. Jimmy seafood. <laughs> Maybe a lobster roll. You might get a lobster roll out of that thing. You ain't getting a lobster. Crab legs. Yeah. Snow crab. I don't think you're getting, snow crab. I don't think you're getting snow crab. I don't know about that. Or king crab. I'm thinking of king crab. You're not getting king you're crab. You, king might get, crab. you might get. You might get snow crab. Maybe some snow crab. Snow crab. Eleven ninety nine a pound. I think that's what it is this week down here. King crab though. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, twenty nine ninety nine a pound. It's too daunting, too. It's too big. It's scary. Yeah, you know, the problem with the king crab, sometimes the shell gets a little pliable, and it, it's like, it's not easy to crack. Yeah, you're bleeding. Like you're fucking, your hand's bleeding when you're done. Yeah, you're like, I don't really pricked. want this anymore. You're <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I gotta be, I, I prefer the flavor of snow crab anyway. I, king crab's like buttery or something. You I know what I mean? Like, crab. it's, it's, uh, I prefer the flavor of snow crab. There's nothing like, I'll tell you. There's nothing like cracking a snow crab leg and pulling it all out on one pull. Oh, you, you feel so nice good. You're piece. so accomplished. Oh it's, it's like it's like peeling an orange in one in one. Yeah. And you know what's happening, and you're like, oh no, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then it's all yep. out, and you're like, yes. It, it, well, it's all the technique. You got to go slow, but not too slow, right? And then it comes out, and you just look. You don't even want to eat it at that point. You're like, look how perfect this looks. You show it off to the table. No one cares. Not a single person at the table gives a shit, but you're so excited. You dip it in the butter, you drag it through the drawn butter, and all, you almost feel bad eating it. I gotta get some snow crab. I just work myself good. up. Yeah, it sounds a, really good, man. Yeah. To a fucking tizzy here with the snow crab. I will conclude our WrestleMania weekend thing with Griffin, who obviously puts together the WrestleMania weekend schedule with this. So CZ, he says, "quote So CCW gave coordinates for their show, but it points to someone's house. So who knows." That sounds about That's right. Perfect. What a way to wrap it up. Sounds about right. They give coordinates for a show. It's just some dude's house. WrestleMania weekend. They give coordinates for a show, <laughs> not an address. I mean, what the fuck? But it doesn't point to an arena. It just points to probably a meth lab. <laughs> probably is. Oh, I'm so disappointed. The only show I was looking forward to is uh, well, Jesse Pinkman will be tearing the tickets at that one. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we got a couple minutes here. Well, actually, we got about a half hour, or twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Let's talk about this Ugandan wrestling match. I- I'm ready to talk about this thing. Right, first oh. off, let me uh, let me send this to Joey while we're uh, while we're doing this. Let me... Yeah, you got to send. I'm it doing to it me. right now since I have the link ready to go. 
let me just send it. You gotta right. tell him it's now a ninety-man clusterfuck. Yeah, what you gotta send with that message. Um, when's the next Joe eats? All right. Well, I'm sticking with the. Uh, yeah, I'm doing every wing in the in the in in the city, so, um, I could have one out next week. I think. Listen, I gotta pace myself. I can't be eating buffalo wings three times a week here you know i'm a savage but i'm not that much of a savage we send this to joey or what uh sense yep i says you now have a nanny a 90 man clusterfuck joey you got to book these dudes boss jordan and kapkita yes or kapika i think is uh so i sent him the link well hopefully those guys don't kill their wives and and then we can get it yeah and then then they'll they'll show up in the clusterfuck and uh so this Ugandan wrestling, these two guys, listen, like I said, high-level backyard wrestling, the execution of the offensive moves, they make it look so easy. It's like, what the fuck are we doing in the performance center? Send everyone to Uganda. That was my exact quote is like, okay. why Why do the indies look like shit and NXT looks like shit? And these guys are out here doing perfect go-to-sleeps, perfect clotheslines. That double clothesline is in fucking incredible that they do here. The strikes are good maybe a little too good maybe a little too good good strikes a little potato a little potatoes, potatoes but you know throw. what that's all right stan hansen did throw perfect strikes but uh you know that's he right <laughs> yeah you see it's very clear they're watching wwe and aew moves and they're just doing those moves like, yeah uh but that one dude he hit the other dude with daniel garcia's gimmick where he does the fireman's carry into the knee strike to the yeah. face I thought he caved his face. I in. thought so too. I mean, he may have, it but was, it looked great. They're doing V triggers. They're doing, um, you know, every hot move you could think of, that you, and they're doing them well. They do it really well. And, and by the way, for people that have not watched this video, I've linked it in the in the chat, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well because it's very hard to find. You have to look for Soft Ground Uganda is the name of their their, their Soft Ground Wrestling promotion. in Uganda is the name of the promotion. Uh, their YouTube channel is called Soft Ground Uh. So if you look up Soft Ground uh, Wrestling Uganda, uh, you'll be able to find it. But um, it's called Royal Rumble 2024 Results WWE. So I think they're trying to they're trying to SEO game the system, which they don't have to. Smart. Very smart. I, I get it. Maybe put that in the description or something like that. But they, um, it's getting some views. It's getting some buzz. And they they deserve it because it's gonna be hard to find. If you don't know, they are wrestling on the ground. They have basically uh, there's a field. There's a ring that's essentially just a patch of dirt. There's bamboo that is set up as the turnbuckles. And then there's like a rope that is set up as the ropes or whatever. And there's a bunch of people around the ring. There's a ring announcer who's better than every ring announcer in WWE right now, by the way. They could hire her tomorrow and she'd be better than all the other Samantha Irvin. Well, and all. That, that's what's funny. The, 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 the guys in the matches are clearly just copying the moves they see on TV. And she's copying Samantha Irvin. With the ring announcing. Yeah. So, you know, they're watching this stuff and they're just biting off it. Then the one guy get introduced and they're doing the Seth Rollins song. Right. Boss Jordan. They're doing the uh, the Seth Rollins song for Boss Jordan, I believe. Yeah. And then he won it with the curb stomp, with Rollins curb stomp. You know, the the offensive executions. Cr- now, look, they're just doing shit to each other. They're just doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're just everything we used to do in the backyard. Right. When we were kids, except they're doing it like. They're better than a lot of indie wrestlers I see. Yes. <laughs> and they weren't and dorks obviously... like me. I don't know if you did this when you fought with your friends, but I, I like, had psychology in it. I was like, nah, nah, we can't go to the high spots. Because right? that, that's the kind of kid I was. 
Right, right. Like right. my friends were like, oh, I'll do the pedigree. And I'm like, no, nah, you got to you gotta come on, man. You got like, to work up to that. You got to yeah, work, you gotta up, work to up to that. that. I'm like, yeah. you got to start watching your Dean Malenko tapes. And they're like, all right, you're annoying. I'm not going to play with you anymore <laughs> i'm like oh, come on we gotta you know this thing's gotta we gotta you gotta build up to the moment you can't just go with the high spots right away not these guys this bell rings yeah. and they're they're at it right away they're they're fry takiyama right out of the gates and then they're just they're they're doing shit but man they do shit pretty damn good i, I can't get over that double clothesline that was my favorite double clothesline i've ever seen uh, yeah they look and the fans were hot and it was like a multi-camera shoot. They edited that together. It looked, Did you notice it, that? It looked better, and it sounded better than most indies as well. Because I watched a lot of indies over the last week, and I'm not, not going to lie. You guys got to catch up to uh, soft ground wrestling in Uganda because that yeah. looked pretty damn good. It was a multi-camera shoot. And then they did the match ends, and then they the two guys do the run-in at the end, and the one guy does like a Randy Orton gimmick because he's doing the RKOs. And then uh, and the other guy came in and was just fucking throwing people. The guy that did the run in at the end. Yeah. And then I guess they were building to the next. You know, I can't wait. Match that, I can't wait. Yeah. So it was. It was. It, you you got to have a smile on your face when you're watching it. It was just enjoyable to watch these these guys. I guess they're kids. Maybe young. What do you think? Maybe late teens, early twenties. I don't know. These, so I tried to ask. Yeah. I, I'm trying to reach out to these guys. So I I I commented on one of their YouTube videos. By the way, these dudes are going to yeah. get points at the, the clusterfuck. I'm going to make it happen. But uh, I I commented on the YouTube video and they said, "Glad you enjoyed it." Voices of Wrestling. These are African boys who adore wrestling and they live up to it. Please share their videos and thanks for the advice. Shall always keep up your advice. So yeah, yeah. I, I try to figure out what these guys are. I mean, I would guess late teens. I would guess somewhere in like the yeah. 17, 18, 19 range, somewhere around there. Maybe maybe 17 to 21 or something like yeah. that. Um, but, man, you know, they're self-trained. They, you know, they were taking very good flat back bumps. They weren't hitting their head on the ground or anything like that. It's like a burned out patch of grass with, like you said, the bamboo corner post. And the one corner has a ladder on it so they can jump off the top. Which they do. <laughs> Which, Which they, they do. do. And he ate it on that miss splash. He fucking ate it. They, they take some bumps in this fucking match. Um, a ring would be far more. Uh, it'd be a fucking luxury to these guys. So nah, it was it was a lot of fun. And they, they you know, they're, they're out there clearly having the times of their lives and everything with the ring announcer and the fans chanting and all that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, this is something that's going to make the rounds. We'll see if it jumps the shark or not, but um, it's definitely something fun to watch. We've got that room in our Discord, Rest of the World Wrestling. All kinds of wacky shit comes up in there. So if you're in the Discord, check out that room because, yeah, it's Griffin again. He's always digging that crazy shit up. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know where this one. I don't know where this one came from. I don't know who found this one first, but uh, I'm glad they. Well, they fucking Royal Rumble 2024 results. It's gonna people are gonna find it. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. That's... <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's very smart to 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 put that on there. Yeah, you know? but but there's there's wrestling all over the place, man. I, I know WrestleMap does a really great job of it. They're, they're in that Discord channel as well. They're posting a lot yes, of stuff from like Congo and and stuff from Africa that that you might not even know. There's this guy Buffalo that that's wrestling in Africa right now, yeah, and I think a lot yeah, of people yeah. really like and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool channel. I, I think for for people that you know, especially people that listen to this, that you know, there's there's a lot of wrestling out there in the world, man. And and we're seeing this where these guys are are out here in Uganda wrestling in a field and just kind of doing what they see on television or what they see on whatever. Where I don't know, I don't know, I don't even know how they watch. I, maybe on YouTube. I don't know. I, I don't know. What, on YouTube. I mean, they are watching on the internet. Who knows? If, yeah. If who, there's who, no. I don't know if there's TV deals for AEW or WWE because they were doing a lot of AEW moves. 
and a lot of W they're, they're just ripping off the moves they see. Right. And I don't know if they, the, those companies have TV deals there, but so they must, but at minimum, I mean, everyone has the internet, so, you know, they're finding it and they're doing it and they're, and they're executing it pretty well. They're pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're pretty damn good. Yeah. These guys need to be, uh, like you said, we got to start getting people out of the performance center and getting them into the Ugandan fields. Cause uh, these guys knew how to work. A lot better than a lot of people that you see, but uh, yeah, this is this better fun. than all the women in NXT yes. that we yes. talked about earlier. I mean, there's you know, there's better. Yeah, they might be as hurt after this, but uh, for right now, they're uh, <laughs> they're they're definitely better. Um, yeah, so that was that. I, I wanted to talk about that match, and of course, uh, we'll we'll link it in the show notes because it might be a little difficult uh, to find, but. Uh, uh, pretty good stuff there. Uh, you watched All Japan Pro Wrestling from on January 27th. I saw the main event here. Uh, what do you want to talk about from that show quickly? And then I can give my uh, thoughts on the main event. Oh, so the thing is, the back the back half of this All Japan show from the 27th is must-watch. Okay? The entire back half of the show. The good thing is the first half of the show is entirely skippable. So with one of the worst matches you'll ever see in your life. But everything after the intermission is incredible. So um, the main event, you know, we both saw that. Let me go through the other stuff, and then we'll both talk about the main event. So there is a death match on this show with Atsushi Onita, great Kojika. Yes, he's 81 years old. Uh, Raijin Yaguchi versus Mr. Pogo on Ryu and Takumi Sakurai. Oh, no, that sounds... Rich, great Kojika is 81 years old, and he takes exploding barbed wire bat bumps twice in this match, uh, which is objectively cool. And then he gets choked with a chain, but the rest of this is so bad right now on cage matches at a 0.93. Oh. <laughs> now I don't think it was that bad to be honest. I'd probably give it a two. Or something <laughs> One of the like reviews that. says the match ended but, with an 81 year old needing oxygen. Did they have to give oxygen? Down yeah, the ring? It's true. Do that? true. Yeah, is that true? true? Yeah. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Oh. It's uh is brutal. But um so what all Japan did here, the same thing they did early last year. They bring in a lot of outsiders and freelancers and people from the past and kind of beef up the shows. They drew sixteen hundred fans for this triple crown match on top. But look at some of the names on the show. Hideki Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, Hokuto Amoro, and Naruki Doi. Their group is still together and they worked a six man. Um they brought in the the six guys I just named in that in that goofy uh, old man death match. They brought in uh, Konosuke Takeshita to work a tag match against Yuma and Atsuki Aoyagi. And he brought in that uh, young guy Hideki Okatani to team with Takeshita against the Aoyagis. And that match fucking rocks. I mean, the whole back half of this show is notebook. Okay. That tag match, the Aoyagis versus uh, Okatani and Takeshita. Takeshita it's just a different kind of talent. He just pops off the screen, even when he's in there with another great wrestler like Yuma Aoyagi. And then Aoyagi gave this uh, Okatani so much and so many great near falls. They worked so hard to get this kid over in front of these all Japan fans. And Takeshita was awesome. And Aoyagi was awesome. And um, it is a must watch match. I know the cage match rating isn't all that great, but I'm telling you right now, Trust my judgment on this. You have to watch this match. It's an incredible match. It may have been the best match on the show. And the rest of the back half of the show was great. Dan Tamora versus Koji uh, uh, Iwamoto for the junior title. Holy fucking shit. Again, easy notebook. I mean, over four. 
Tamura was so good here and showed so much fire. Iwamoto hit a brain buster on the apron on Tamura. You have to see this bump. He drops him directly on the top of his head. I am not a safety nerd, and I cringed, and I thought Tamura was dead. I And then they, they just had a closing stretch for the ages. I thought Tamura took a big jump in this match in terms of crowd connection and uh, and fire that he showed in that match. So that, to me, is a must-watch match. Easy notebook. The Saitos versus Ryuki Honda and Yuma Anzai again. Four-star match. Easy. Easy. The Saitos are for real, Rich. They've got something. You know, we've talked about it before. You don't expect anything coming into these matches, and then they go out there and deliver, you know, against a, an excellent team on the other side. Uh, you know, they've just learned how to ragdoll these guys. They throw Yuma and Zai around the ring at the end of this thing. I mean, you know, you can hear the excitement in my voice. The, the back half of this show, I'm telling you, it's must-watch. And then you saw the main event, and you know, I'm not even sure that was the best match in the show, the main event. Like, that's how much I liked those other three bouts. Not the tag match as much as the other two. Not the tag title match as much as the other two. But, yeah, Nakajima Ashino. And, um, you know, they went out there. Now, look, th- this is this wasn't as good to me as as the uh, as the Miyahara matches. Let's oh, not God, get crazy. No. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. But, but this was a still an excellent, excellent match and exactly what you wanted out of it. And I would probably go four, four and a quarter. Uh, maybe four and a quarter plus somewhere in that range for this. And Nakajima retains. And right now he might be my favorite champion in wrestling. I I, I can't think of a, like, he's my favorite champion in wrestling. And, you know, he just goes out there every time and, and delivers a kick-ass match. And he still feels special in this environment. And um, anyway, you this is the one match you saw. So go ahead and talk about it. No, I, I really enjoyed this match, and it took a little while to get going, and that's, you know, and, that, and that's fine. It, you know, it took a little bit to kind of get its – it's 19 minutes, so it's not a super, super long match. But, yeah, the first 10 minutes or so was was very kind of careful and crafted or whatever. It wasn't too, you know, wild or anything. But I'll say those last nine minutes, man, they really got a pretty good story across here with, with, with Ashino just not going down, not going down, not going down. Nakajima just continuing to, to – to hit him and kick him and 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 just he wouldn't go down it wouldn't go down it wouldn't go down then nakajima takes another level and just punches the fucking guy just knocks him out down on the ground down on the mat he's 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 laid out tells the referee he's done count him out he's over referee doesn't do it so nakajima an asshole picks Ashino up kicks him and then goes all right now he's down then goes for the pinfall and Ashino kicks out exactly. and and then nakajima's like okay motherfucker i'll do it again so he does a couple more moves to him Ashino kicks out, and he keeps kicking out, and he keeps kicking out, and he keeps kicking out, and then eventually Nakajima just goes, okay. And for those do not know, Ashino just missed a, a, a long amount of time for, what was it, a broken wrist, I yeah. think he had? Something with the arm. Yeah, That's broken wrist, broken forearm, something like that. So his arm's in a cast or whatever. So Nakajima goes, all right, motherfucker. And then just puts a cross arm breaker on the guy's formerly broken arm that he's still got taped up or whatever. And Ashino won't tap out, won't tap out, won't tap out. And then he just keeps going, all right. And then he just rears back and rears back and just keeps rearing back until finally Ashino says, yeah, I've had enough and and, and it's over. But, yeah, just Nakajima, man, you're right. He's just the best fucking asshole heel in the world right now. He's the best champion in wrestling right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. This match doesn't overstay its welcome. I was uh, actually a little surprised how short it was. I was like, wow, that, you know. And then Rai Saito's the next contender. I could, I like, was floored when, I, when they went, oh, and I'm like, uh-oh, who's coming yeah. out? Who's coming out? And I'm like, Rai Saito, what? <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. That's but a I'm big in. spot. That's a huge spot. Can Nakajima get a great match out of him in a single spot? I, you know, we'll see. 
I'm into it. Now, I will say one more thing about Yuma Aoyagi. Okay, I know we got a couple more matches to get to. His Triple Crown run was such a success that it truly elevated him. It worked because when you go back and watch this match, you'll see how much Okatani gets from nearly beating him. Where Aoyagi is now seen on a different plane than he was before that title reign. That was truly him becoming a made guy. Whereas other times guys might win the GHC title or the triple crown title in the modern era of wrestling. And it ends up not meaning much for them. Yeah. Jake Lee's a perfect example. Does, does anyone see Jake Lee as anything more than he was before he won those titles? No, he, st- he means exactly what he meant before he won the triple crown and the GHC, nothing. But Aoyagi was truly elevated because of how great his reign was and how great that he is. It was the right time, right place, right title reign. And he delivered. Yeah. And you know, and and it does so much for this. Ok- I was so impressed with what everybody in that match was doing for Okatani to try to get him over. And then, by the way, Aoyagi and Miyahara challenged the Saitos as well after the tag title match. All right. All right. So All Japan, listen, they're, st- they're on the same role they were on. This was a great start. Now, the first half of this show stunk. Suji Ishikawa had his final match. It was labeled as the final match for Suji Ishikawa and Black Mensal Ray. I wasn't aware that Black Mensal Ray was leaving. Maybe I missed that or it slipped through the cracks. Or we just didn't care. Yeah, it's possible we just didn't care. But they went to a time limit draw with Rene Yabe and and Ryu Inoue. And, you know, they did their goodbye or whatever. Black Mensal Ray, I mean, you know, undercard guy, comedy guy. I'll miss the song, okay? I thought he was a snake. Until Alan Forel ruined it for me and revealed that he's supposed to be a tea kettle. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, because Alan ruined it for me. Yeah, I think at one point we said something and he was like, uh, lads, just to let you know, he's supposed to be a tea kettle. And I was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. I thought with the arm gestures and the music and Menso Ray, I thought he was supposed to be like a snake or a fucking stingray or something. This guy's a fucking tea kettle. His gimmick is a tea kettle, Rich. But uh, anyway, we see where they pop up. That was their final match. And I know they built to a, uh, I think they're doing Hideki Suzuki versus Suwama on one of the shows coming up based on that six man. And, you know, they've been doing the the deal where they tag, but they don't get along. But um, no, the, the, the back half of the show is fucking phenomenal. I recommend it to everybody who has the old Japan TV or who sails the high seas. So, um, that was the old Japan show, and they're still hot. Good enough. Yeah, good. I'll watch the rest of that show. I only had time for the main event, but I'll, I'll make sure to watch the rest. Or right, the 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 last the after intermission. I have no time for that. Is, is it even perversely worth watching that horrible match? Yes. Okay. It is. It is fun. Bad at least. It's. It's something you should probably see. Okay. It's all right. It's notably bad. <laughs> that, that's you got to watch notably bad matches. The boring bad. It's not bad where you're sitting there like, ah, oh, this is fucking. It's like, it's on Ryu. Like he's the puff of smoke comes off. I love, I love me hit. some on Ryu, so I'm, I'm in. How, when's the last time you watched Mister Pogo? I mean, you got to give it a go. Yeah, right, right. right. Kojika's 81, Rich. <laughs> I love, I love the idea that he needs oxygen after the barbed wire bat. <laughs> right. Before it's again. technically a three concurrent blast bats death match ah, is what it's called. Okay. So they slap the alarm and then it goes. <laughs> and, then, and then the, 
Then they hit each other with the barbed wire bat, and it blows up on Kojika's back. He's like, ah, he takes bumps. <laughs> sad. Dude, you're 81. Yeah, please stop. Don't have to do this. You know, it almost literally was a death match. All right, so I watched. We got? I, I watched three indie matches, so I'm gonna talk about these real, real quickly here as we're running out of time. But uh, I said I watched matches from Uganda. We talked about that one, France, yeah. England, and St. Louis, Missouri. So I'll start with England. North Wrestling. I don't know if you're aware of North Wrestling. They they run in, I believe it is Newcastle. Uh, they run, but there was a match: uh, Leon Slater versus Mike Bailey from their show on the fifth, January fifth. That uh, this match is available for free on YouTube. It's called Match of the Year 2024, Leon Slater versus Mike Bailey. So a little, little presumptuous there. Uh, five days into the year. It's, but but I will say, Joe, I know your likes, and I know the things. That, you will love this match. You will absolutely love this match. Because what's cool about this match is you like Leon Slater. We've talked about Leon Slater a lot. If you're a Rev Pro watcher, you know Leon Slater. Most people listening to this are well aware of Leon Slater. Mike Bailey, you all know Mike Bailey. This match has worked in a very cool way where Mike Bailey is like, an asshole veteran who's kind of a dick to Leon Slater. You know what I mean? He comes in and they have a little bit of respect at the beginning, but then Mike Bailey's, it's not necessarily the, like, I'm not taking you serious thing. It's the, I'm taking you serious, but I'm the veteran and you're still the young boy, you know, kind of that sort of style where Bailey's being a little more, a little more snug on some stuff, you know, it's a little more snug on the, on the strikes, a little bit more snug on the kicks, a little bit more snug when he's going for a pinfall. And it all leads to a really, 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 really good back and forth between the two. Uh, Leon Slater does get the win uh, over Mike Bailey. And that's, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's because he's the, he's the champion, by the way. He, if you did not know, he's the North title champion. I wasn't aware of North. Uh, before this, but uh, I, they had really good production values. It looked like a really fun show. The crowd was hot. The announcing was pretty decent. And uh, yeah, Leon Slater, Mike Bailey, about 23 minutes and 14 seconds. Well, well, well worth uh, going out and checking. Like I said, it's free on YouTube, so you don't have to pay anything for it. I don't know about the other shows. I'm not sure how many of their other shows are available or whatnot, but uh, that's the first I've actually ever heard of North Wrestling. But uh, Leon Slater, Mike Bailey uh, from North Wrestling on January 5th. 2024, well, well worth your time. Uh, favorite of the matches that I watched out of the whole bunch uh, today. But uh, I'm a big Leon Slater guy. I'm a little, maybe a little bit more biased than other people, but but I thought this was uh, very, very well worked, and I, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I didn't have time to watch it. I only watched one of these three, well, two. I watched a Uganda match, and I watched one other, and because I was, you know, I had to squeeze them in time wise. And this match was like a half over a half hour. So yeah, I yeah, watch yeah. It. It's a little, and, and there's a lot of before and after post match stuff. So it actually, you, you might click the video and think, oh my god, this is gonna be a lot longer. It goes a little quicker than you think. It's only about twenty minutes or so the match, but um, not well, well, well worth your time. All right, which match did you watch? I watched the uh, dog collar match with Mad Dog Connolly and uh, Manders. Yes. And I thought that that fucking ruled. I loved that fucking match. That is easy notebook and one of the best matches I watched this week. I mean, the pacing that they had with that dog collar match. And this is only like a 12-minute match, okay? And they went fucking hard with that fucking chain. Perfect guys for it. This was the best Manders match I've ever seen because I've never been all that impressed with him. I think he's okay, but he always leaves me a little empty. Not in this match. And this Connolly is perfect for the dog collar gimmick. I knew nothing of their feud coming in. So I'm parachuting in. St. Louis Anarchy. Nice little promotion whenever I get a chance to watch. I'm hearing that, um, oh shit, the guy like Wyatt. 
Yeah, Jerry Kennedy Wyatt. Wyatt had a great match on that show, too, which I'm going to have to track down. I think it's on IWTV. It's on IWTV, so, yeah. He's uh, the main event against Derek Neal. I did not get a chance to watch that match yet. I love watching that guy. When he's in the big spot, I go out of my way to watch Jeremy Wyatt. He rules. He's a he's one of those classic local wrestlers who just fucking rules, and nobody knows about him outside his little region. Normal guy with a normal job because he's fucking smart. And when and in a big spot, the guy's great. He's always great. Guy's just a great pro wrestler. So I'm going to make sure I watch that. So, um. Anyway, this dog collar match, I thought the pacing was out of this fucking world. I mean, they just never stopped for the entirety of this match. And they didn't overstay their welcome. Right around when you wanted it to end, it ended. And he hung him over the ropes and he choked him. And Manders fought and fought. And then finally he had the tap. But there was brutality. There was the spot where, you know, he punched. He did the Walter spot where he punches the turnbuckle, but with the chain wrapped around his fist. They were whipping each other with that fucking chain like they were Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks. Yeah, and this is like chain uh, link chain. Like, this is like dog. Yeah, this is a heavy fucking yeah. chain. Nikita Koloff fucking chain. Yeah, right. this was a chain, okay, with dog collars attached on the end. I don't know. I I thought this match was great. I, w- I was fired up watching this, and this is the kind of match where um, come match of the year season, I think certain pockets of fans, okay, are going to ensure that this fucking thing, I don't know how high it can get, but people being in January will hurt it, okay? If it happens in October, I think it does better, okay? But I still think this fucker's going to pop up. I don't know how high. I'm not saying it's going to threaten the fucking top 25, but this was so good, and I can really see a certain kind of fan who likes a certain kind of match really digging this thing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like you said, the spots they did with the dog collars too, there, there was a lot of just like in-ring just brutal fighting back and forth and brawling and all that sort of stuff. And then what took it up another notch a lot of times was they would throw each other over the ropes and hang each other a bunch of times. They were doing spots on the outside with the dog collar, and you're like, holy shit. Like, luckily, St. Louis uses a pretty low ring. Like, it's not a very high ring, so it's not, like, a very far drop from the ring to the floor. But even then, it was like, shit, that guy's got a dog collar on his neck while he's doing that spot. And then, like you said, the end is just Connolly just hanging Manders, just hanging him out, and Manders trying the best he can to hang on. He just can't do it. He has to tap out. So... Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it sounds like you liked it a little bit more than me, but I'm not. I, I still liked it. And it's still well worth everyone's time. And because it's been getting a little bit of buzz, uh, St. Louis Anarchy uploaded it for free on their YouTube channel as well. So you can find it uh, for free on the, the YouTube, which is smart. Ah. A very, very smart thing for them to do. It's normally on IWTV, but uh, that match is good enough that it's worth it. And I guess there's and, and again, I came in kind of cold too, but there's a couple of other Manders and, and Conley matches, and they said that they're going to try to make a YouTube video that's just all the matches all together, just all three of them back to back to back to back. So, yeah, which is yeah. smart. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. So if you want to catch up on the feud, yeah. Um, as noted in the chat, Mister Pogo is dead. Uh oh. But ah, no, no, no. This is Shadow WX doing the Mister Pogo gimmick as he has been doing. Okay, so he's doing, he's brought Mr. Pogo back to life with the Mr. Pogo gimmick. So uh, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, chat. Okay, yeah. so uh, Mr. Pogo lives. Trying to Pogo-splain you. Nobody pogo Yeah, don't Pogo-splain me. I, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, you know, the old Shadow W, t- kicking it back to the original Fire Pro days with Shadow WX and Anreyu. Okay, <laughs> Shadow so. WX, yeah, what? <laughs> Man. Yeah. yeah. What an era. All right. So the final match I watched was from France. Uh, this was January 6, 2024. And this one got a little bit of buzz because this, I believe, was was this Ali's first non-WWE uh, after this most recent. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, this, it is, this is his first one. Yeah, because his last uh, he worked NXT in September of 2023, and this was his first match uh, outside of WWE after this last most recent run. So this is in a company called APC, APC Catch, if you look for them on uh, YouTube. Now, my French is awful, so I'm just going to call this guy White Eagle. That's his name. It's in French. Uh Eagle Blanc, I guess. I don't know how to hell pronounce it, but White Eagle. Let's go call him White Eagle, Joe, so I don't have to butcher the French language like we butcher all, or I butcher all languages. Uh, we butcher the English language. I butcher the Spanish a lot more than you do, and, and I, I don't know any French. I don't know about you. You know any French? I don't know. What you're, I don't butcher anything. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. I, my pronunciation. You are, are well known so. across the wrestling world yes. for your good pronunciation and proper pronunciation of, of professional wrestling. Uh, names, but uh, so I'm just going to call this man White Eagle to make it a lot easier for everybody. But that's uh, White Eagle and Mustafa Ali, and this is from their 20th anniversary show, APC's 20th anniversary show. It's got really good production values. This one is also available for free on YouTube if you want to check this out. So essentially, I just ask people, hey, what are some good indie matches that that I should watch? And uh, I watched this one, and it was okay. I, I didn't love it, love it. And I've kind of heard that a lot of people saying that about Ali so far, that they haven't really loved a lot of what he's done on the Indies so far. He's good. Like, there's clearly a level that he... he and this is Ali, who, who was on the Indies for, for a decade before he, he went to WWE. So we all know what he's capable of. But I think people are, are were kind of expecting him to be, like, right out of the gates having these incredible, incredible match the year level matches. And I don't know if that's a good expectation for Ali. I don't think that's ever really been Ali. And, and the idea that he was just going to drop in and, and do that... Uh, is is I don't know I I I never expected that I kind of expected what we're seeing here where he's having really good solid matches but now he's kind of the main event guy the big dude coming in and and wrestling these small guys and that's exactly how he worked this match now I don't know if he went into the match with this idea that I'm going to work the way th- this style because you have this White Eagle guy who is obviously a local he's there the fans love him and what they do though is when Ali comes out they mention from WWE and the f- crowd booze him and i'm guessing that was intentional because mm. the way that they worked the match was that ali was like get a load of this guy and you know, i'm a big leaguer and here's some indie guy you know that that yeah. sort of it was worked in that sort of style where he came across like i'm coming into the indies from wwe so you know get on my level type stuff and it's one of those classic matches where you know the white eagle guy just keeps you know staying alive and staying alive and staying alive and ali is just kind of okay all right and eventually realizes crap my hubris is maybe gonna get the best of me here i better figure out how to beat this guy he eventually does beat him and does win but they do uh, the ending's kind of weird like the, the white eagle dude does a 450 from the top and ali just no sells it and puts it right into like a some sort of submission maneuver or whatever and that's it for for uh blanc so i I didn't I didn't love that, but uh, I don't know. The match is is fine. Like it's not. I'm not telling anybody to go watch it because you're going to see like one of these incredible, incredible matches. But if you want to see what Ali looks like outside of the WWE realm, and this is his first match outside of WWE, or if you want to see what this APC is all about, or what wrestling in France looks like, uh, this is a, a. It's not a bad match to check out. It is free on YouTube, like I said, uh, January sixth. Uh, uh, from APC Catch, and you just go to their YouTube channel, you can find it pretty easily there. But uh, I, I liked, I, I don't know, like, I wonder if Ali thought that he was going to get that reaction, and that's why he decided to work the match that style, or if, like, he came out and that's they booed, and he was like, all right, now I know what I'm going to do here, and we're going to work it this way. I'd imagine he came in with a plan, but I don't know. It, it's, it's, I was kind of surprised at first that the fans did kind of boo the idea that, like, here's a guy from WWE, and I don't know whether APC knew that that was going to get that reaction or if they thought people were going to say, oh, my God, wow, look at that, a star. So I, I don't know. But uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun match, but not, not a great match. I didn't hear great reviews of it either initially. So you're kind of, you know, 
it's kind of a, the same lukewarm review I've been hearing. But um, I don't know. You know, we'll see how he does. I think you know he has a chance to be the guy at WrestleMania weekend if he gets enough bookings. He does. We'll he does. Out. Yeah. So Ali, I know he's faced. Uh, he faced Gringo Loco in GCW. I heard that one was okay. Uh, that was in Chicago. I, I did not go to that show though, but I heard that was okay. Then he did a three-way with uh, Gringo Loco and Jack Cartwheel at Demand Lucha. He did a C4 in, in, in Ottawa with Vaughn Vertigo. And then two matches with Leon Slater. I'd actually like to see those. NSPW in Quebec City with Leon Slater. And then Progress with Leon Slater. So I don't know if anybody's seen those, but let me know what those are. Because I'd like to check those out if possible uh, to see if, uh, how Ali's been doing. But you're right. He could, he could own that WrestleMania weekend if he wants to. I think we're done. That is it. We have covered all the topics we have on our sheet. So, again, that is yet more content from us. Uh, we go into the archives, go back to last week's flagship, go and subscribe to flagshippatreon.com. You're going to get a ton, a ton of ton of audio from us over the last two weeks. Flagshippatreon.com. $5 tier gets you all of our bonus audio. $10 tier gets you our written stuff, our live shows, as well as all the bonus audio as well. So go if you, if you can get the $10. That unlocks everything. $5 unlocks just the bonus audio. Voicesofwrestling.com, by the way, as well. Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network uh, for previews and reviews of all of these major shows and uh yeah that is it for us i'll oh, voice the rest slash discord as well if you want to join the conversation on discord but that is joe i am rich and we will talk to you guys next time take care Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Kreich and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.